This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everybody? Let's uh, let's get after it. A little Tuesday afternoon edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Hustler-Patterson with you along with Michael Remus. And uh, we've got a great show coming up. coming up. Looking forward to talking shop with Rod Peterson Rod, who claims that the Vegas Golden Knights are Canada's team, uh, will come in and stir things up. Looking forward to talking, Rod, uh, about the hockey and, of course, the upcoming CFL season. Before that, more on the Stanley Cup playoffs with David Pagnotta of the fourth period. Um, We do have a lot to get to. uh, Some big news for Winnipeg Olympic hopeful. Um, We've got some news with the Blue Bombers. Um, the CPL bubble filling up, Euro going on, some big news from the National Football League, and an absolute thrashing last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. As always, we are brought to you by Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Royal Sports, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs, Quebec, Canada, and PolicyMe.com. Now, uh, let's get right into it. Pagnotta will join us in about 15 minutes or so. But the CTO of WST, Michael Remus, joins me now. And uh, Remo, great show. I will tell you and everyone, I uh, I am feeling better. My Vax hangover is pretty much done, although I did finish up the show and absolutely crashed for another five hours afterwards. So uh, listen, all part of the course. We knew it was going to happen. Feeling better today, arm much less sore and ready to get after it today. What's going on with you? That's... Sorry, I'm laughing. Uh, new account in the chat right now. Uh, Hustlers Diet Pepsi. <laughs> You've made it. You've made it. <laughs> well, you know what? Cheers to the chat, everybody. <laughs> there we go. Didn't even have a koozie. And by the way, Pepsi, I am available for sponsorship. I will come way less than many of your celebrity endorsers. And uh, and I walk the walk and talk the talk love the dp uh great to see hustlers diet pepsi with us in the chat today uh and everyone joining us right now uh what's going on with you how was uh did you watch the game last night that thrilling thrilling outing between the uh, tampa bay lightning and the new york islanders you know when it's that bad no i i was very tuned into what was happening at assiniboia downs <laughs> actually i'm in that youtube chat i mean look the game gets out of hand uh, I saw the Barzal cross check, which you got a game misconduct for. I don't know. I thought that play like happens all the time in the playoffs, and they never call it. So, uh, I mean, I guess if you're a star player and you commit an infraction, you're gonna get the boot. And if you're anyone else, nothing well, it's happens. way easier. It's way easier to make that call in a seven nothing or eight nothing game. It's. I mean, if that game is two one yeah. or tied in the third period, well, first of all, it probably doesn't happen, but. If it does, I don't think it's going to be five in a game. But again, I mean, I we're almost wasting our time talking about the officiating it's, from game to game. You can talk just, about it every game. Like it, it's, absolutely, we could just break down, just have the Zapruder film yeah. of why was this called? Why wasn't this called? What the hell are these guys thinking? Chris Lee, how is he getting these games? How is yeah. he in these assignments? Wait a sec, are these the best referees that the NHL has? We've only got two series going on. There's all sorts of questions that come about the officiating should, in the league. We should have a disclaimer at the bottom. Yeah, we know the officiating is brutal. We don't understand any of the calls. There's zero consistency. 
I mean, just just put this emoji, like the one with the guy with his hands up. Like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what are, what are we doing here? I will say one thing, especially on that Corey Perry. I didn't say say yesterday. Like, when a, a call is that terrible, when you can watch the replay and know immediately that they screwed up, like, and not replay where you, you know have to slow it down and get a magnifying glass to see if it was over the line. If you can watch it one time and say, okay, this is 100% incorrect, there's no doubt, someone should be able to buzz down and call and fit and call, call penalty or do something because <laughs> that one was insane. And I may you know, make a joke about uh, like WWE style officiating. I mean, we, I, but I agree with you. Like we could spend, we could talk about it the whole time because how could you not? I know it's usually pretty, I think it's impossible job, but I think these playoffs are shown that not only is it impossible, but maybe the refs aren't doing what they're being paid to do. Well, I mean, I just think back to Tim Peel. I mean, you know, with what happened with, what was it, three weeks left in the regular season when he was caught on the hot mic saying he was waiting to give a penalty to Nashville, sort of evening things up. And, I mean, did everyone think that Tim Peel was going to get fired with three weeks left in his NHL career and then everything was going to be fine? I mean, everyone knows that this stuff's been going on forever. Yes. And, I mean, it just is part of the game. And, again, I don't know. You know, from a, from a National League standpoint, from from Bettman to, you know, the head of the officiating, you welcome and those guys. Um, I, you know, at some point, they need to either address this or they're essentially the complicit. And maybe that's exactly what they think the game should be going forward. But it puts the refs in a difficult spot. And again, there's no consistency. And I still look at some of the things that have happened since the Shifley hit. And... You know, he gets four games and a lot of other things haven't even been called on the carpet. So I get why Jet fans are bent about it. And no one will ever be 100% happy about it. You'll always think that, you know, there was something that maybe didn't go your way. It should have been handled differently. One other thing, too. I I don't think they're ever going to do this, but they really should. You know, you see other leagues make their officials available to the media or put out statements acknowledging screw-ups. The NHL doesn't do that. And I think that's another issue, too. And maybe if the officials did have to be held accountable. And you said, hey, you know, you saw that guy or McNabb punch Suzuki in the face. Why didn't you call penalty? Or did you see... That's allowed. What what were you looking at when you saw Corey Perry take a stick to the face and bleed? That was was hard, too. The the replay has them looking at it. And again, the Barzell thing, I mean... Well, look at the, all the every other cross check from that series. Sandy and G saying no accountability is correct, Remo. Can you imagine if like the refs had to meet the media after every game? It would be amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. I mean, those pressers would be and then sometimes they'd be nice and then sometimes they'd go like the coaches and like the tor- the ref would go all torts and Tell yeah. Larry Brooks to f off and whatnot. Hey, listen, I'd be here for it. How many? I'd love more? to hear. I would love to hear what some of these refs have to say about the calls or non-calls. There's no doubt about that. Well, how many more? Just think about it. how many more like Twitter, you know, clicks or videos or TikToks could you make of a referee <laughs> going full heel on a post-game press conference? Like, <laughs> ask them justify the Barzell game misconduct for that, and then talk about another play that happened the exact same. I mean, I don't know. And what was it? I, I mean, who's it? Ruda goes down and stays down. So they call it. I mean, I think it just tells people, hey, if you get, you know, a marginal hit, just go stay down and they'll just call the result because we know they're going to. 
Uh, yes, the Hustlers died Pepsi. <laughs> God, that's funny. <laughs> Jim Joyce did a press conference after he blew the call yes. on that no-hitter. One of the worst calls. And one of the most inconceivably bad calls in Major League history. And yes, there's been some missed calls, but the fact that happened on the final out of what would have been a perfect game, cost the perfect game and the no-hitter, was an absolute... It was a crime. And... Mm-hmm. I know Jim Joyce was sort of, he was crying afterwards and he, you know, he owned it, which I guess was nice. And you don't see that very often, but you're right. Let's not spend all our time talking about bad no, reffing because as go. I said, with that, there, there's too much to get to today uh, on the, on the note. Okay. Listen, before we get to Vegas, Montreal tonight, that was a thrashing last night. Um, eight, nothing. It started off badly. It continued badly. It got a little chippy later on. Did see uh, certain members of the Lightning sort of rubbing the Islanders' noses in it at the end of the game when things got a little rough and there was a lot of pointing to the scoreboard and reminding them that it was 8 nothing. I'm telling you right now, the Islanders win game six at home and this one goes to seven and it will not be a blowout in game number seven. It will be a close game. Trots will have his team ready. They will come back and I am waiting right now. We'll do the cool bet lines a little later on. I'm waiting to see what the series line is because I may put a small nut on the Islanders to win the series. Because if there's any team that could bounce back and literally put a humiliating loss like that in the rear view mirror and make them better for the next game, that's the Islanders. And you know that that Coliseum is going to be bananas welcoming them home for what could be the final game in that building. If they don't make it to the cup finals with them moving into the new barn next year. Yeah, Tampa, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, so they should be, you know, pointing to the scoreboard or pointing to the rings on their finger. But that was, I don't know what happened to the Islanders. They've been so sound all playoffs. They came a bit unhinged uh, yesterday. So uh, they'll have to re- yeah. I, I would rather, like from a, like say I'm an Islander fan or, oh, or someone that had bet on them or something like that. Considering the situation of this series, 2-2, and if you told me that you were going to lose game five, I would rather have it be eight nothing than two one and triple overtime yes. or, you know, one sort of goal. I mean, this is, I think, a really easy one to move on for. And knowing Barry Trotz and the job that he's done, I mean, he will use this to make his team better for game number six. And the one thing that we've seen about the New York Islanders from last season, throughout this regular season, in the playoffs so far this year. They have a resiliency and a tenacity that, you know, you can count on. And even in last night's game, when it was 8 nothing, they still weren't taking any crap from the Lightning and still letting them know that this was series was still far from over. So, I don't know, many of you in the chat might think I'm insane, but I will be with the Islanders in game number six, and I do think we'll have an exciting game seven in this series. I actually agree with that. Uh, you know, when, when you have a game like that, you just say, you know what, that's not how we can play. Um, we can forget about it. We can move on. And when you have, you know, a close game, maybe you're overanalyzing every little thing, every mistake, especially if it goes into overtime. So I think that is fair. And look, they know they're better than that. Uh, but Tampa, man, they're they're tough. And if it is a Tampa-Vegas Stanley Cup final, could be the two top teams. But we will have a game, what, game, was it game four or five tonight in uh, in Vegas? Is that the one? Yeah, well, that's what happens after a series is tied 2-2. You yeah. play the fifth game. They play the fifth game. So, so I that would be game five. Chandler Stevenson, <laughs> game time decision for Vegas. 
I know we'll talk with David, uh, ladies, been following that series closely. Sounds like Marc Andre Fleury was first off the ice, which means he would be the starter. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! The, the Laner and Fleury were both out for the optional skate. Yeah. They were sitting there talking to each other afterwards, and apparently Laner is like, "You go first, you go first. So I'm not taking anything. I'm not taking anything from that. But uh, let me ask you. You're Peter DeBoer. Who are you starting at home tonight, Reem, if it's your call? Yeah, so they were, yeah, they were, I mean, they were joking at each other. People, I saw some people reporting that uh, he's going for, I mean, do you go back? I don't think you can go back and forth in the playoffs. I know they did it and it worked, so maybe you just go with, go with Leonard. He played well last game. I mean, I don't. He did play very well yeah. last game. Listen, I think that the pressure on Fleury is a little different in Montreal than it is than it is in Vegas. And I think getting Fleury back into the net tonight, if I'm DeBoer, I go back to Fleury tonight. And if Mm -hmm. they don't win, then you've got Lehner going back to Montreal where he played very well with an opportunity to bring the series back to Vegas. And if he wins it, then he gets game seven. But I mean, I honestly think that Fleury deserves it considering the way that he's played this year. And I mean, as... Listen, I had Vegas in regulation. I was maybe more pissed off with that play than anybody outside of the <laughs> Vegas organization on Friday night. So listen, I felt that I was mad too. But that one play, I mean, he given up one goal in that game so far. And then you saw the way the team played in front of Laner on uh, game number four. Not very well. He was brilliant and was a huge part of the reason why they won that game. Um, but listen, I, I would go to Flurry tonight and then, as I said, you've got that, you know, the fact that Laner's had a nice game in this series and got a win is huge for the team, uh, knowing that they've got the two options. And, you know, I've heard a lot of talk about this goaltending tandem and will they be together next year? And the one thing it's important to remember, Reem, is that the Vegas Golden Knights are not in the expansion draft. So, uh, you know, I even heard a very popular show yesterday. It took guys 15 minutes of talking before someone mentioned, uh, actually, guys, no. Vegas doesn't have to expose anybody. They're not in. So they have maybe the most envious, best one-two punch in net in the National Hockey League right now. And that's a big thing for Peter DeBoer to have because, um, listen, if it doesn't, if he makes the wrong decision tonight, he'll have another guy motivated and confident to get in and extend the series in game six back in Montreal. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And I know a lot of people have thoughts about Vegas being exempt. I mean, look, they just came into the league and... They're not getting any of that sweet, sweet expansion revenue that the other teams are getting, so they shouldn't have to give up a player. I think that's fair. And if you're mad that Vegas is good, blame the other NHL GMs for uh, handing over some talent. That's my thoughts on that. As far as Flurry, I mean, it's hard not to look back during these playoffs and just look at the journey the guy's been on. I mean, he was he won a cup as a starter in Pittsburgh, won a cup as the backup, got pushed out for uh, Jerry and Matt Murray. And who the Smith, who you know, Matt, who all haven't been great at all. Then he goes to Vegas. They trade for Leonard. You know, the sword in the back picture, which was being reposted again. We'll be discussing game. that with Pagnotta. Trust me. I, I know Dave. Dave's like you know, they've got great contacts within yeah. hockey, within agents. You know that I'll be asking him about Alan Walsh's situation, so. his his spot in this whole series. Was he really banned, and uh, how he held back tweeting? During the, I, uh, during game number five, man, I went on his Twitter to look for some Alan Walsh <laughs> tweets, and there was nothing. It was like celebrating a Father's Day, I think, it was all that he was doing, which I find hard to believe that he wouldn't tweet uh, after certain reports were out. So, 
Uh, it's, but it's amazing. Now they have two of the best goalies. I mean, Flurry's going into the Hall of Fame when his career is done. And just another incredible run. And again, we all saw it firsthand here in 2018. The guy's, uh, the guy's a legend, Flurry. So you know, maybe they do go back to him and they go back to Leonard in, in Montreal. But that doesn't seem like a recipe for success in the playoffs. And, and maybe the team did play weird. You know, that was the first game where they got outplayed by Montreal and they lost. But um, maybe they play, you know, their chip, their play changed because they it was just a reaction, you know, subconscious reaction to the change. I don't know. If I'm DeBoer, I go Flurry tonight. I expect Flurry, but we really don't know. We'll talk about it with Dave Pagnotta in just a couple minutes. Uh, oh, I, I you mentioned a Cinnaboy downstream. I, I said to you guys yesterday, I was kind of dealing with the Vax hangover and we sort of put the picks together on the program. I immediately crashed out after for like another five hours and did not get my picks in for a Cinnaboya Downs. Oh. I did have at least one winner, which I didn't get. However, uh, that means I am doubling up tonight. Oh. I have bets on all seven races. So I'm not just saving the 20 from my account from last night. It's going in tonight. So this is the this is the double down Missed races due yeah. to vaccine hangover hustler special tonight. So uh, I've got I've got bets from race one to race seven. It's going to be a big big night for AD uh, ASD. We'll get to that a little bit later on. So Dave Padnot is coming up in just a minute. Reem, you know we should mention there was a pretty a pretty big story in the world of sports yesterday. Um, and you know as I said, I, I kind of agree with Carl Nassib, um, who is a defensive end for the. Oakland Raiders, or now Las Vegas Raiders, I should say. They're the stinking Raiders to me, regardless of where they play. Um, but NASA became the first active NFL player to uh, come out as a gay man yesterday. And again, I think most of us in 2021 really don't care about these things. I mean, we're not bigoted, we're not homophobic, but uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that um, that are still there. And this was important for a couple of reasons. Number one, as he said, representation is important. There's, uh, listen, there's tons of gay athletes, you know, in all sports right now. There's gay guys in the NHL. There's gay guys in Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL. But the culture of sports has made it very difficult for those people to be themselves. And, you know, it, it's unfortunately um, turned into a huge problem for the LGBTQ community, uh, especially with youth in that, in that um, group that, you know, they don't feel comfortable being themselves and it causes a lot of depression, anxiety, suicide rates are far higher than in heterosexual kids. And it's been a big, big problem. And having role models and people with the confidence to stand up and say who they are, it is what it is. And let's move on is something that, you know, is significant and important. So um, even though he plays for the Raiders who I hate with all of my being, uh, a big up to Carl Nassib for having the the strength to come out and do that. And I just hope that, you know, when we get to training camp, it's sort of an afterthought that, um you know, hey, he said what he said. He's going to go out there and he's going to, you know, chase Patrick Mahomes around unsuccessfully like the rest of the DEs around. And it won't care what his sexual orientation is. But I think for a lot of people that are in the LGBTQ community, even if they aren't football player, football fans, I think that. That, that statement that he made yesterday is going to be huge for a lot of other people that are struggling with that decision. Just come out and be themselves. So um, uh, very well done to Carl Nassib. And uh, I hope that this is not a big story because we're moving past 
people really caring about this sort of stuff, but he certainly deserves some uh, some credit for for being uh, you know having the courage to go out and do that. And I think it'll make a big difference for a lot of people. All right, we're going to talk some puck with Dave Pagnotta in just a second. Before we do that, I do want to tell you about PolicyMe.com. Listen, life insurance uh, <laughs> for a very unsexy thing to purchase, something that's very easy to procrastinate on and wait on, but. To be honest, if you've got a family, if you've got a home, you've got people that depend on you, um, just think about what's happened this year with the turmoil and how lives have been turned upside down. It's something that you really do need to take care of. Um, but listen, I get it. I mean, going and meeting with insurance brokers and having awkward meetings, that's not really anything that I'd like to sign up for. But, you know, but there's something you have to do. Give me the best rate. Make it as easy as possible. And if possible, make me not have to leave my house. And that's exactly what PolicyMe.com has done. Offering affordable rates, roughly 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada. You're going to get an instant decision as you're, you'll find out if you're approved for coverage instantly, what your level of need is, and most people don't require a medical exam. And again, it's an easy, straightforward process. In about the time that it'll take you to listen to us talk hockey with Dave Pagnotta, you'll be able to get through an easy, under, under, uh, easy to understand application. Uh, no confusing paperwork. You'll find out immediately for it. You'll get a great rate and you'll have that peace of mind going forward to do it completely online with policyme.com. Go to policyme.com, get that taken care of. And when they ask you how you've heard about policyme.com, make sure you click on podcast at Winnipeg Sports Talk if you can. Great to have policyme.com on board with us. Get to policyme.com right now. Uh, big shout out to Royal Sports. I put out the tweet yesterday of the debut disc golf outing. Uh, went by Royal on the weekend, got some discs, got a little carry bag, and had an absolute riot out there. Um, so we will have a Winnipeg Sports Talk open when we're allowed to get together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but in the meantime, pop down to Royal, whether it's disc golf, whether it's soccer, baseball, tons of bikes, an expanded fitness section, and all the great streetwear and kicks on the skate snow surf side of it. Royal Sports for... 35 years, best store in Winnipeg, one-stop shop for all your needs. And don't forget all that sweet Euro gear as well as we get ready for the round of 16. And it is blizzard season. It's going to be nice, over 30 tomorrow in Winnipeg. And that means it's always blizzard time at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, DQ Northgate, Niverville, Polo Park, and St. Anne's. They've got some incredible new blizzard flavors, all those awesome burgers, chicken products as well. And of course, cakes. If you've got a party going up, you can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Give them a follow. Let them know what you want. and They'll have it ready for you to pick up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. Great to have them on with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, let's get to some puck talk right now. Always a pleasure to welcome in David Pagnotta of the fourth period as we get ready for game five between the Habs and Vegas. David, what's going on? Great to have you back on WST. Uh, I can't uh, because of everything going on. I've been doing the, the Habs and, and night series, but I can't get myself to Vegas and come back in a timely manner. So uh, I'm I'm home now, but I'll be watching the game tonight. Hey, you know, listen, before we get to the, the, the game tonight, I just as we brought you in, I was mentioning um, Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders coming out as a gay man yesterday in the National Football League about as alpha male a sport as there will be. But I think hockey's right there. Um, how yeah. important do you think that is? And, you know, as we see hockey culture slowly sort of changing with the times, albeit maybe slower than some of the other sports, how much do you think this will resonate with the ho- in the within the hockey world? And as someone that covers hockey, how important do you think what Carl did yesterday was? 
Yeah, it was big. I mean, we've kind of been waiting for, you know, somebody current athlete to kind of come out um, and whether regardless of the sport and one of the major ones, we've been kind of waiting for that. And I think, you know, for whoever else is, is contemplating whether or not to do it, this gives them uh, a bit of a boost, I would imagine, knowing that someone was uh, already in those shoes and decided that this was the way to go. So I'm sure, you know, at some point we'll start to see more in some of the other sports. I'm sure we'll see it eventually in hockey. The odds suggest that we just will. And I think it's great. Somebody kind of needed to take that positioning from a current athlete perspective, a guy that's still playing in his respective sport. And, you know, with everything that's, that's going on, I think this is a great, you know, first step um, in terms of current athlete that's, that's doing it. So like I said, I'm sure we're going to see it in hockey at some point. Um, And, you know, good on him. Uh, I mean, really, who cares uh, in terms of what someone's sexual orientation is and this, that, and the other, Um, you know, in terms of, of what they produce on the field, on the ice, whatever it is, that's really what matters. But obviously it's a tough decision. He, he contemplated it for a while. He came out. I'm sure we're going to see some um, that, a bit of a trickle effect. I don't know how soon, but I'm sure we'll see a trickle effect in some of the other sports, possibly hockey too. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, we, we'd be naive not to think there's a number of gay men playing, you know, all of these professional sports that we see and maybe some of those popular players in the world that, you know, might, might help change some, you know, bigoted people's attitudes, maybe bring them a little more going forward. But you're right. I mean, pro sports is ultimately a performance-based business. It's the best player for the job that needs to be there. But at the same time, I mean, one of the things they said, and we've heard this a lot from hockey, like for the Hockey Diversity Alliance, albeit, you know, talking about people of color as opposed to, you know, the gay, which is much harder to, to know who's who. Um, but that sort of representation is quite important. And, you know, hockey's had a bit of a, uh, a bad rap for not being very inclusive, certainly in the past. I think that is changing right now. And um, certainly I think this is a, it's, is a step that, uh, will resonate within circles in the National Hockey League. It'll be interesting to see how things going forward. Just wanted to touch on yeah. that before we got into the puck because I know we can go a while on this. This has been a wild series, both of these series, to be honest. We'll get to Tampa and the, the Islanders in that massacre last night, but um, you took in games three and four in Montreal. I have to ask you, um, the results of those two games were so bizarre. I mean, I didn't think the Habs had any <laughs> business winning game number three, and they got a gift wrap by Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. And then incredibly, it was Robin later of all people that kept Vegas in a game that they had no business being in. And yet there they were winning in OT. It has been sort of a weird series, but I would offer very appropriately tied at two going into tonight's game five. Yeah, yeah. I think things kind of evened out. Um, like you said, I, I, it sh- Vegas should have won game three. Montreal should have game should have won game four. So whatever. It's still tied um, at, at twos. But um, it's, it's, it's funny how this can. C- how the series has kind of gone. You know, we saw Montreal try to be a little bit more defensive minded in, you know, games two and, and in game three, but Vegas just really pushed and Montreal ended up winning versus game four, where it looked like Vegas kind of flipped the script a little bit. And instead of being tremendously offensive minded, they kind of reverted back to being a defensively structured team and trying to capitalize on Montreal's mistakes, which has been, the Habs MO throughout all these playoffs. And, you know, and then it went Vegas's way because they got the opportunities and, and the bounces their way. So it's, there, there hasn't been an overall bunch of consistency in terms of how these teams are playing. Cause even when Vegas was all over Montreal in game three, that was the first two periods. And then I think it was, uh, I can't remember the, the numbers off the top of my head, 15 to something or other, either way, Montreal outshot Vegas in the third period and overtime. 
And Vegas just ran away with it in the first two periods. I think it was 30, 30 to eight. I think it was for Vegas in, in game three throughout the first two periods. So there hasn't been, you know, a direction that we can point to to say, all right, we know exactly how game five is going to start or end up or, or what have you, because things have been continuously changing on a dime. I would imagine it looks like Chandler Stevenson comes in. I'd imagine that that's going to be um, a, a boost for Vegas just in terms of their roster consistency. Cause we saw Tuck go back to the third line in the middle of game four and, and no set kind of move up to the top. But now if Stevenson's coming back, then you slot him in and, and you can roll your top three again. Yeah, big uh, big return if they can get Chandler Stevenson back in the lineup. I mean, all the intrigue really is about who's playing in goal tonight. And, and you know, <laughs> the win and the way Laner played in game four, um, needless to say, was huge for Vegas because they, they're down 3-1 if he doesn't play the way that he did in that game. Yeah. But for Peter DeBoer, it gives him some options. And I just said to Remo as we were bringing you in, I'm not taking anything from the morning skate today. They were both out there. They were apparently talking afterwards saying, you go first, you go first. So, I yeah. mean, the full <laughs> playoff smokescreen is on. But if you are Peter DeBoer, who are you starting tonight, David, and uh, and why? A oh, million-dollar question because I, I don't think anyone but but Pete knows um, exactly what he's doing. It's tough because I I would have stuck I would have stuck with Flurry in in Game Four, but I mean whatever they won and and it worked out. Um, and, and if it wasn't for Leonard, I mean they would have lost the game. Uh, he was he was their best player. So you know, do you ride that if you're trying to give? And, and Pete DeBoer said this. This was about giving Mark Andre Flurry the rest that he needed because he seemed to start to look a little bit fatigued. It had, according to him, according to the board, it had nothing to do with that little mishap at the end of the third period. Um, maybe, maybe not whatever it is, but the bottom line is he felt that flower needed some time off. And when you have the luxury of having two number ones, you can do that. Uh, of course it creates a lot of talk and controversy, but the way that Leonard played you can justify going back to him easily because of how well he performed at the same time. You can turn around and say, well, all right, we got the W it worked out. Series is tied. Flurry's got some rest. He's got a few extra days. He's loose. Throw him back in there. So honestly, I have no idea what direction they're going to go in uh, because I could see it being either way. If they ride the hot hand and give flurry uh, another night off, I get it because I mean, how can you not based on how Leonard played? And if you win, then you're a game away and you put flurry back in net. Probably either way. I think flurry is going to come back uh, into the fold in some fashion, whether it's the rest of the series, if they move on to the cup final, he'll probably get game one. Uh, But in tonight's game, honestly, I, I would just flip a coin if I'm, the board because I don't yeah. I don't think there's any tipping point. Yeah, I mean, I guess just with everything that Fleury's done through this year, I mean, I think he goes back in Vegas with the home crowd there, right. and if they don't win tonight, then Laner goes back in where he just played in Montreal, and they hope he can get the win. And if he does that, they ride him into Game Seven. The alternative is if Laner plays tonight and doesn't do well, and then Fleury's been out for two games, comes back in on the road in Montreal where. Some of the yips might be a little bit more prevalent than they've been elsewhere. I mean, I still can't believe what happened at the end of game three. But again, that's yeah. that's how we got here, David, in the first place. <laughs> it certainly has it. But let me ask you this, and I'll ask you about the Jets in a minute and you know their relationship and running the playoffs. But 
How is Montreal doing it? Um, when you look at this team from some of the lows they had in the regular season and the way they started that series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, how are they here right now? How are they so competitive? And how are they how are they pushing a Vegas team that I think a lot of people thought was going to mop the floor with whatever also ran came out of the North Division? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this team is able to roll. So there's, there's a few things. I mean, Carry price aside, um, their defense is huge, and both figuratively and 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 physically, um, they're top four. They're big guys, so they're able to box out as much as they can. The Jets talked about trying to crash the net. Vegas, to a certain extent, has, has talked about trying to get in front of the net and create a, a little bit of havoc in front of Price and mess with his sight line a little bit. They haven't really been able to do that too much. The Leafs couldn't do that in the second half of that first round series. So Montreal's done a really good job with their top four defensemen, Weber, Petrie, Edmondson, and Sherratt, to kind of box everybody out and allow Carey Price to have as much of a perfect sight line as he can get. So there's that. Then, and now, sorry, you've got the the, the re-addition, I guess, of John Merrill, who was hurt in the first round. He comes back, and he's playing more minutes to kind of ease up a little bit some of the other guys. I think he had 16, 17 minutes the other night. So it's just Gustafson that's the – primary power play guy. So you've got four and a half guys, basically, that can do a really good job in making sure that the other team is staying on the perimeter, which helps your goaltender. And then from an offensive perspective, they can roll their four lines at any point in the game. Now, you know, obviously the Suzuki, Caulfield, Toffoli line, that's the primary offensive weapon, but they have confidence in the third line with Kakanyemi, Anderson, and, and, per- and uh, Byron, excuse me. They've got the fourth line. Perry, Stahl, and Armia, that can go. And then they've got their top line, which is two-way, Dano, Gallagher, and, and Lekkonen right now. They're not afraid to put them in any scenario. And most of those guys contribute defensively. I mean, Suzuki and Caulfield, not so much, but Toffoli plays a lot of PK minutes. So they're just doing it by committee for the most part and then allowing their defensemen to kind of control that, that slot area and keep everyone kind of away. And then that gives Gary Price – the opportunity to play really well. And the one thing about Price, even though he's been really, really, really good, he hasn't stolen a game yet in these playoffs. He's been he's been phenomenal, but it hasn't been the Carey Price show. And the win is specifically geared and based around his performance solely. I mean, it's a one nothing, two one game, but it could have been so much different if it wasn't for Carey Price. He's been really good, but he hasn't had that level yet, which is a little surprising. And at the same time, uh, if I'm Vegas, I'm wondering when that happens. You know, Dave Pagnana of the fourth period with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. You can follow him at the fourth period. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, we talked a lot about the depth of the Winnipeg Jets um, throughout the season, you know, three really solid lines, a fourth line that was, you know, effective, didn't get scored on very much. And, you know, it was disappointing what happened to Winnipeg, certainly from a perspective of this city. Um, being out so quickly in a series that most people thought that they were maybe the favorite going in. But speaking of fourth lines and deep teams right now, I mean, we've seen what Montreal's fourth line. I mean, uh, honestly, yeah. numbering the lines in Montreal is almost a misnomer because of how equally they're used and the roles that they play. But then you look at teams like Vegas and how deep they are, 1-12. to 12. I mean, Tampa goes without saying and then you got a team like the New York Islanders, which is also built very similar to the Montreal Canadiens and that they don't have the $10 million superstar. Oh, Barzell's a really, really awesome offensive player. 
And you look at that fourth line of Sezekis and Clutterbuck and Martin and what they do and how much they play. And, you know, I, I'm wondering if, you know, teams are sort of looking at this and looking at the teams are successful. And many of them, you know, have that real elite talent. They've got goaltending. But, David, it seems more important than ever, at least right now with the teams that are playing, to be able to roll four lines that could compete. And you're not sheltering a group with five or six minutes in very limited ice time and, and running on those three lines um, because it's a marathon and there's so much that, you know, you, you get beat up so much. It's it's hard to kind of count on that. Are you seeing that as well? And how do you think that yeah. might affect, say, the offseason as teams try to plan to get to this point next year? Yeah, I mean, with with how quick and how fast the game is now, you know, giving your top guys 20 plus minutes a night will wear them down eventually. So being able to roll a fourth line that can play 10, 12 minutes a night gives you the opportunity to allow those players to kind of rest. I I think it was um, I believe it was Lekkanen. Uh, before game three or, or around game two, I can't really remember uh, who said that because they've been able to roll four lines, it's allowed every one of them to have a little bit more energy throughout the course of the game. And, you know, with the Islanders line, you know, when Matt Martin left the Islanders and signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, I mean, that, that line was together before. And when he left, it changed the dynamic of that line and how Sezekis and Clutterbuck performed. They weren't at that same level. They couldn't find an extra guy to jump on that line that complemented the way that they play. And when Lou Lamorello brought him back from Toronto, because look, he had a really good first season in in Toronto. And then Babcock said, all right, enough of this. Didn't want to use him. And then, you know, he goes back to the Island and look how well he's performing. Um, That line, the chemistry that they have is, is great. They're allowed to to go out there and play physical. They can, they can throw the body. They can drop the mitts if they want, if and, and when they want to. And they can score. I mean, they're not going to score 20 goals on the season, but, you know, per guy, but, but they, they're Barry Trotz is not afraid to put them out there in those scenarios and they're going to chip in when they need to. Uh, it's not their primary objective, obviously, but they have that capability. We're seeing a lot of these teams that are doing that. The, the, the Vegas Golden Knights are in a similar position. They don't have an offensive weapon on that fourth line. Montreal's a little bit lucky because they've got Perry who's rolling right now and Armia who, who can, who can score as well, but the Vegas Golden Knights are not afraid to throw out their physical unit that can play sound defensively and chip in whenever they need to in the dying minutes of a game going to overtime. So there's a lot of confidence there. So I think you're right. We're going to see this offseason teams that are looking for those caliber players. Tampa started that to, to do that, or, or at least made it more noticeable last year by bringing in Coleman and Goodrow, even though they kind of play third line minutes, but you know, we're starting to we, we started to see more of that. I think this offseason, we're going to see teams that are going to look to make those additions so that they can spread out their offense a little bit more. Yeah. And it's interesting in a flat cap world, you would think that the players, you know, in the sort of that bottom six level. I mean, they really look at the last couple of years have been squeezed out big time. But I think the yeah. importance of those players um are going to maybe help their stock. And then what that does to teams needing maybe the higher priced free agents. I, it will be fascinating. We could do an hour just on the market and free agency and everything <laughs> going forward. But before we yeah. move on from the Habs, I'm listen. I, I still we're two weeks out of this Jets series, and I'm still wondering what happened to the team we saw against the Edmonton Oilers. Um, the Shifley incident was such a big part of the series. It's sort of hard to talk about it without it. But I mean, you're out of the market. What did you make of uh, yeah. Winnipeg in game number one? The Shifley incident and 
um, you know, the way the Jets sort of bowed out pretty meekly in those three games after it all happened. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was unfortunate. And 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 everybody knows this, especially in Winnipeg, and I'll say it again, um, that it was tremendously uncharacteristic. And that's not the type of player Mark is. And he's a great guy. And, and emotions got to him. And it is what it is. It happens. And, and you move on. Uh, unfortunately, there was, you know, unfor- the team couldn't, couldn't, you know, kind of match up and move on from that perspective. Different type of team that they faced uh, with Montreal versus Edmonton. Edmonton does not have four lines they can roll. They don't have uh, a, a, a better defensive core overall. Um, you know, Edmonton has, and they talked about this when they, when they got bounced, that they need to be deeper. They have to find the right complementary pieces. They didn't have that. You know, they don't have a Josh Anderson or Yasferi Kakanyemi that they can roll on a third line. They don't have a Corey Perry type or even Yoel Armia that they can roll on a fourth line. They don't have that. They don't have the Trevor Lewis's or or the Nate Thompson's that can go out there and with confidence and play sound minutes and help, uh, you know, kind of structure things defensively. The Oilers don't have that. So, yeah, they've got two of the best players in the league, but you need the rest of the group. And the Oilers don't have it. So I wasn't surprised that, you know, that they, they weren't going to be getting to a, a specific point here. Um, but in terms of what they what the Jets had against Montreal, it was the depth that overall kind of took them over. Um, you know, Montreal's quickness, their physicality, they boxed out. I mentioned this before, they, I, uh, a number of players game after game and practice after practice would speak to the media and say, we need to crash the net. We need to get in front of Carey Price. They just weren't able to do that. They, so they were incredible. getting boxed out. They were getting boxed out one foot inside the blue line. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, they couldn't even get the puck in, and they're literally getting rubbed out on the boards two feet inside the blue line. And uh, I mean, it, and unfortunately, I think that was a real frustrating thing. Even without Shifley, people expected that maybe there would be some sort of response, doing some things differently. And I mean, I guess they tried it, but I mean, to Montreal's credit, I mean, nothing really worked. And to be honest, it got worse for the Jets throughout that series, despite what well, the score said in game four. Yeah, well, you start playing head games, right? You start going, okay, well, if I cross the line, is the puck just going to – so do I need to just shoot it in? And if I shoot it in, is the other guy going to get boxed out? So you start playing mind games with yourself as the game progresses, and sometimes you need to just go back to the basics. And, you know, I think that's something we saw with Vegas the other night where they started to play more defensively, and then third period they're like, okay, we got to get back to our game. I think the Jets got off their game overall uh, because of that. And I think some of that stuff will be addressed in, in, in the offseason. Chevy will try to figure out ways uh, of, of addressing that and probably looking to bolster that blue line because that was a topic of discussion that I think he wanted to do but just wasn't able to before the trade deadline. Um, but when you get into those moments, you're frustrated. You're losing your best player because he's suspended. You're trying to figure out ways to crash and that you can't do it. Um, you're trying to now not uh, be in a scenario where you lose another player by letting the frustrations get to them. So all of this is playing mind games, you know, with, with the team, with the players as they're going and another L, another L. And all of a sudden it's, it's too little too late. Yeah. Dave Pagnot of the fourth period with us here on Winnipeg sports talk. Um, Dave, this has been awesome. I, I love speaking with you and, you know, we'll, as I said, the off season is coming quickly. We'll focus on the games today, but hopefully we can yeah. get you back in in and around the expansion draft and free agency. Uh, what's going to be a Definitely. compacted and absolutely fascinating offseason. Tell folks where they can find the fourth period and what you guys have cooking over the next couple of weeks while uh, the final four compete for the cup. 
Yeah, we, uh, you know, fourthperiod.com and, and uh, the fourth period on, on YouTube and, and Twitter. Um, we will be covering the Stanley Cup final uh, every game, depending on how things are going. If, if Vegas pulls it off, we'll, the whole crew will be going back and forth. If it's um, if it's split between Montreal and either the Islanders or Tampa, we'll split our crew up a little bit. Myself, Dennis Bernstein, Aaron Ward, uh, Irfan Gafar, we've got a, a nice crew there. So we'll be doing some pre- and post-game material uh, before every game. And then looks like we'll be heading to Seattle for the expansion draft as well uh, on, on July 21st and then gearing up for draft and, and free agency. But all that on thefourthperiod.com. Beautiful. Everyone with us here on YouTube, check their YouTube channel as well. You can get all the content coming out there. Uh, David, thanks so much for doing this. Let's catch up again sooner. Enjoy game five tonight. Should be a good one. Definitely. You too, guys. Thanks. <laughs> right on. There he is, David Pagnotta at the fourth period on Twitter and uh, check out the work. Great, great site. Guys have been doing it for a long time. Great insights, great connections in the league as well. Um, we are going to, uh, well, we will talk a little more about the Vegas Golden Knights coming up, but also some CFL with our good friend Rod Peterson in just a minute. Before we do that, I want to shout out our great friends at Not Auto Corp for their wonderful support of Winnipeg Sports Talk since day one. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Pop by and see him at Waverly and McGilvery or check them out online at not.ca. All the vehicles on the lot, including a ton of Tesla stock. They've been the Tesla leaders in Winnipeg for over seven years. They'll help you consign your vehicle if you're looking to upgrade, and they'll do body work, repairs, got Red Seal technicians, detailing, all of it. Waverly and McGilvery at Not Auto Corp and online at not.ca. And uh, it's going to be nice next few days and you know what that means nothing better to crack open after the uh, work day than a little hefeweizen maybe the summer lager from our friends at little brown jug and if you're a gardener and heading out to the gardening centers on the weekend you could also schedule pickups check out their brand new relaunched website at uh, the events page for some of the places that they'll be in the community. Obviously, we're counting down the days, hopefully getting some good news on patios opening up. And if you've never been down to the Little Brown Jug uh, Brewery, along with the uh, the drinking deck on, on William, we'll certainly be doing that once we get open. But in the meantime, it's never been easier to order online at littlebrownjug.ca and get it delivered directly to your door next day. Do it now, littlebrownjug.ca. And if you're at a vendor, check out the Black Lager still on sale right now at just 3.32 a can. Uh, and Breezy Bend, we've got the Travelers coming up. Just did the lock shop with Dustin Nielsen, made our picks. Like in Bubba Watson, three-time champion of this event. Uh, we'll talk some golf a little bit later on on the program. And this week as we get into the tournament coming off the U.S. Open. But in the meantime, if you're looking for a great home for you and your family next year on the golf course, no better spot to do it than Breezy Bend. Best patio in the city coming off, off that 18th hole. An amazing junior program, ladies programs, and uh, great men's leagues as well. BreezyBend.ca. Talk to Corey Johnson and get set up for next year. All right, let's get this going. It's time to time to warm things up a little bit because we have none other than the host of the Rod Peterson Show. Our good friend Hot Rod joins us. This is a, this is a first. We have never had a live truck cam on the program, Rod. And would you get the camera outside going in? You sound great though. Uh, welcome to the program. What's up? Yeah, buddy. It's 29 degrees, Hustler. Why would I want to be inside on a day like today? Are you kidding me? And I love what you're doing, man. You're crushing it. My God. Bravo to the crew there. Winnipeg well, Sports Talk. 
hey, listen, man. You know, we uh, we got dealt a uh, a bleep sandwich, and uh, we're trying to make the best of it. It's it's been amazing. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean the uh, like if you asked me now, um, going back to February, if everything happened, I mean, you don't like to have it happen, but in some ways, it was sort of a kick in the ass. Get going on it, and uh, listen, the response has been amazing. And and listen, I mean, the fact I wasn't. Re- I'll be honest, I was never really thinking about the connection between your show and our show. We kind of figured that one o'clock would work out great. OB does a Jets thing from 1230 to one. We want to tape it in time to get into podcast for three and 330. But I got to tell you, I mean, I'm a regular viewer of your program and it's great to see so many folks that are regulars in our chat that'll start out on the RP show, come over to us at one o'clock or check the podcast later. And um, this is where the business is going, Rod, right now. And I mean, you guys have done an incredible job, obviously great being on the Game Plus Network. We can watch you guys on TV as well. But at the end of the day, there is such a demand for this content. We hear it every day from the people that are consuming on the podcast or joining us on YouTube. And and it's only going to grow as more people find out about it. And uh, you've been a big trailblazer in this as well. Well, thanks, Hustler. And uh, I just I heard that a lot when we started. This is where the business is going. And I just like to say, I think this is where the business is. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? At least it is for you and me. And I couldn't be happier. I know you couldn't be happier. And what's better than talking sports and be able to being able to say what we want to our to our friends. Right. Like the viewers have become friends. I love the interaction. And who would have thought people in Winnipeg would tune into anything I had to say that that still blows my mind. So that still blows. I love them. I love hey, them. You know what? People know you a little bit more. I mean, you like, listen, you got to play the full fledged Vince McMahon type heel back in the straight bomber rider days when you were the rider guy. But, um, you know, now we have the time and listen, you're, you're still going to say a bunch of things that'll piss a lot of people off, but I think they'll keep coming back knowing that it's all good intentioned. It's all fun. And it's, you know, kind of what we do. I mean, People don't expect people just to show up and have milk toast takes and never have an opinion on anything. They don't last very long in this business if they do. So, um, listen, what you guys are doing is great. And listen, right now we've got a lot to talk about. Now, listen, speaking of pissing people off, where the hell did Vegas Golden Knights become Canada's team in your mind? And why do you keep trolling everybody with that? It just popped into my head. And I, I don't know if I ever told you. How like Gary was a lawless was a huge part of me being a Golden Knights fan. He's shipping me stuff. I go down and visit. I told you that he's giving me oh, yeah. tickets to games and giving me the royal treatment and Kelly McCrimmon and Bobby Lowe's. My God, you know, all those guys. So they're an easy team to cheer for. And I just thought for me anyways, and I just thought Canada's team, why the heck not? Because we're sitting there fighting over all the seven Canadian teams. Let's go with an eighth because it's my team. Wow, if people got mad about that. So we've created T-shirts and everything. And I don't Night know. Night up. Or, just, I like to have. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. Canada United. United, United with right. a K in it. I was so triggered when I saw that. Exactly. <laughs> no, oh, it good. was amazing. It was amazing. That's exactly what it was. And hey, let's let's be honest here, folks. If the Winnipeg Jets never came back and Mark Chipman wasn't able to bring this team back and Vegas was in and you had, you know, Kelly McCrimmon there obviously gary there but then you know mark stone and reeves and colasa i mean it's um 
I mean, they they are Team Manitoba. I mean, there's a lot of Jet fans that are sort of envious of all the homegrown Manitoba talent they have here, but it's about winning. They've done a lot of winning. What do you make of this series going into tonight? And we've talked a lot about the goaltending decision, Rod. Um, It was sort of bizarre the way Fleury threw up all over himself and handed that game over, and then Laner came in and was the hero in a game that Montreal probably deserves to win. I mean, what do you make of the series going into game five? And if you're Peter DeBoer, who are you tapping on the shoulder to get in the net tonight? I actually can't believe the amount of support there is for Robin Leonard to start tonight. And if I can say, by the way, this Vegas thing, I watch every game, Andrew. Like, I'm in on Vegas. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, you have been, though. This is not just having some fun poking people. I mean, yeah, that's the team. So, I'm a... Huge Marc-Andre Fleury fan, but after Friday night, like it's a minute to go, they're up 2-1. I'm ready to go to bed, man. And Marc-Andre Fleury has other ideas. And I was so mad, I couldn't even look at him. You were. I had a Vegas in regulation bet on that one, Rod. I mean, I still, of of all of the bets I've ever lost, the the way that one went went in, I mean, I... Listen, I can't. Yeah, you get said over it, rest but... in rest in peace on your vested. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. So, anyways, imagine cheering for the team. So, him not starting on Sunday, I had no problem with. I knew that they were going to come back with him. I don't agree with a lot of Peter DeBoer's decisions when it comes to the goalies, but I didn't have a problem with that one. And Leonard was good. I liked his comments about the haters in the media. You know, you saw he, he says I surf Twitter for four hours before games for motivation from you guys, which bad is awesome. idea. Bad but, idea. <laughs> It, it, but it's, it seems to work for him. I mean, he's still a good goalie, but it's still Marc-Andre Fleury's team. So I got to think he's going tonight in game five. But you asked about the series. It's way, way, way closer than it should be, Andrew. And that's, listen, the officiating had very slighted towards Vegas, which has got me concerned that it's going to swing towards Montreal, maybe as early as tonight in game five and six, seven, maybe the rest of the way. I don't know. That's got me concerned as a Vegas fan because they've missed calls. They know they've missed calls. They've kind of admitted that they've missed calls. And it's just, and that it's closer despite that than it should be. Vegas has been making mistakes. The last couple of games, they haven't played their normal style. So can I, you ask what I think? I'm a little concerned as a Golden Knights fan, the way this is going. Well, I have to say, I mean, they, listen, they got game three, but I was stunned at how bad they were for the majority of game number four. I mean, the fact that they won that game speaks to, you know, an uncharacteristic goal getting in on Carey Price and just how good Robin Lehner was. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I mean, DeBoer, if they end up getting through this series and winning the cup, DeBoer will get such credit because I think maybe the most important start that he had the entire playoff so far was putting Lehner in game one against Colorado because they were coming off that seven-game series. I think he felt that this was going to be a terrible spot for his club in that to put yeah. in. And, you know, they sort of put Laner in as the guy that would eat one. And that's exactly what happened. They put Marc-Andre Fleury back in, and we all know what happened. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to... And then when you see the way Laner played in game number four, it's sort of hard to... Hard to doubt Peter DeBoer with what he does, but I am with you. I fully expect Mark Andre Fleury to get this start tonight at home with the home fans in the building. And if things don't go well tonight, then they go back to Laner for Game Six. And if he wins, it probably gets Game Seven. If it goes the other way, you put Laner in tonight, you lose. Then Fleury's been out for two games. You put him back in in Montreal, where the last thing happened was him getting the yips and losing that game. I think it's a much smarter, prudent move for him to give Flurry the chance to get right back in there and get the W tonight, not facing elimination. 
I'm with you for all those things. And that's why I think Fleury's got to go in. And he was the first off the ice at the morning skate this morning. So I'm sure it will be him. But at last year in the playoffs in the Edmonton bubble, he was, DeBoer was making some decisions. And I was a goalie too, by the way, Hustler. And you know that I spent 17 years in the West. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's the least sport. surprising thing ever. You know, we've always said how wacko and weird <laughs> goalies are. I should have expected that from the first day I met you, Rod. Yeah, no kidding. But I saw so just, I kind of have a... With, uh, an obsession with goalies. So DeBoer, I don't know. I haven't agreed with a lot of his decisions. But anyways, but the other thing, with this being a closer series than I thought it should have been, what do we say? Seven-game series, the best team should win, right? Always yeah. in hockey. And Vegas was by light years better than Montreal in the regular season. But my God, I think God's involved for Montreal. That's what, yeah. that's what it looks like. And, and Carey Price could steal enough games the rest of the way to win this series. So it's not about the best team anymore. It's best of three series is what it is. And I don't know, there's a lot of stuff being played in the media that I don't believe. Like Jeff Petrie, you'd think he was skating on one leg and a broken shoulder and he's blind, you know, with his (laughs) eyes. And then he comes out and he's the best player on the ice in game two. I'm like, what, what, what? I don't believe a lot of what I'm reading in the media either. It's just, there's, there's something going on with Montreal that concerns me. And I just know, but Vegas tonight could just lock it down and become the team that we watched all year. They have that ability. They did it against Colorado. And just when you mentioned game one against with Leonard, my, my whole family cheers for the Golden Knights now because I do. And I love that, Andrew. But my brother and I text back and forth. And I said that game one against Colorado was a throwaway game. He goes, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's no throwaway games. Well, it was. They were running on fumes. Everything that you said earlier, it was a throwaway game. And we didn't see Leonard again until the other night. And I hope we don't see him again, quite frankly, because that means they'll be winning with flower. But it's it's been a lot of fun, man. Hard on the ticker. No, it certainly has been. Hey, I see uh, the Rod Peterson show is in the chat with us live on YouTube. Folks, click on it. Give them a sub on YouTube if you haven't already. And uh, make sure you can check out Rod's show 11 to 1 right before we get going at 1 o'clock here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, listen, we've had, had fun watching these series that are now you know into five and now into six games in the others. But as we all know, we're here in the prairies. We're waiting to get out of this COVID nightmare. Um, it's looking good in your province in a couple weeks to get fully reopened. We've heard what's happening with Alberta. We're hoping to get some good news here in Manitoba tomorrow. And um, that's even better news because we got the green light on the CFL season last year. Uh, what's the what's the vibe right now in Saskatchewan as the uh, oh. excitement of the Riders series? And as well, and tell us about Scott Moe. I mean, I have no idea what public perception is. And I don't want to get political at all right now. But has this been received very well by the people of Saskatchewan and Rider fans? And where oh. are people at right now with the upcoming season and trying to get back together and have some fun at the park? Well, what do you think? They're absolutely vibrating. <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the premier has said it, it'll be a hundred percent full stadium when they kick off that home opener against the BC Lions on Friday, August 6th. So people are very, uh, Hey Dougie, people are so stoked, so stoked to, to get in there. I think that stadium will be full. Andrew, my point on all this was I said, there are four hurdles. The CFL needs to clear to get onto the field this year. Number one is the COVID variant. And that seems to be going the right way with vaccinations and cases going down Two money. There's been a cash injection into the CFL. They've got 60,000 free COVID tests, as you know, from Ottawa. That seems to be taken care of. Three, they had to have all nine teams agree to play. They twisted the Argos arm. They got all nine to play. And four, do people want to go back to the stadiums? All those seem to be getting taken care of, Andrew. I mean, there's still some hurdles here that people don't know about, but 
it looks very good. And I, I hope people's hopes aren't too high because they're floating, walking on clouds here right now that they're going to have CFL football in a month, a little over a month. Well, I mean, I think that we are going to. I mean, listen, I'll tell you what, we're circling August 5th on the calendar here in the peg um, for Bombers, Tie Cats, Grey yeah. Cup rematch, get things going. And I mean, Rod, I spent a lot of time talking about this the last couple of weeks. I mean, since, you know, we both heard from the CFL on their plans to go forward and saw the schedule and then heard our reopening plan here in Manitoba. And it's not as ambitious, maybe, as Alberta or Saskatchewan's, but the key dates is Canada Day to get things open. August long weekend to get things to 50%, which would mean fans in the building for the opening game. But the most important thing, 100% for Labor Day, which would mean the Banjo Bowl would be the first game, by my understanding of this, if we're at 100%, the first game back is Banjo Bowl. Wade Miller has said they're not raising that Great Cup banner celebrating until it's a full stadium. And uh, I can't imagine a better day for this community, even Saskatchewan, as they might have to hold their nose and see the Bombers go up there, but just see a full house between these two teams, get this rivalry going again. And honestly, I am I, quite optimistic that, you know, having people that maybe didn't even go to CFL games before that have been locked in their house just wanting to do something might give it a chance yeah. and hopefully turn into new fans. So um, I'm as optimistic as I've been at any point since literally the confetti was flying in Calgary about where this league is going in the short term. And, and I guess we'll save a lot of the future of the league conversations as we get into the season because it really is first things first. I don't think there's a lot of information right now beyond what we knew in the offseason that there's some serious challenges for this league and a lot of interesting discussions as to what will make this league healthy and sustainable going forward into the future. Yeah, well, the problems appear to have been swept under the rug right now. And I think the CFL just wants to revel in the fact that they're playing and let people be excited. Let them buy tickets, Andrew. Let's be honest. But from a purely logistical standpoint, I heard a number the other day that's 30% of CFL players are vaccinated. 30%. That's Canadians and Americans. I think there's some headaches here with guys showing up, getting into the country, testing at the stadium, all the all the health and safety protocols that, that I don't necessarily even agree with, but they're in place, right? Are these guys going to be able to follow them? Are they an outbreak waiting to happen? That's what scares me. The people I talk to in the league is that we're going to, we're, we're full bore. Players are coming. We're opening training camp and we're going to give this a go. Do they finish? That's all up to the players getting vaccinated, the, the fans getting vaccinated to get the stadiums. Full. So much is out of the CFL's hands, right? It's not in their control. And that's what sucks. So this isn't their fault. For anybody that loves the CFL, this isn't their fault, the situation that they're in. And that's the tough part. So you know, I, don't, I don't tell people to go get vaccinated anymore, but I have. I think you have. Um, I'm trying to lead by example there. Let's get going. You know, and let's get, I want the players to get vaccinated too. I mean, there's, a lot of them don't want to for whatever reason, and I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. That's holding things up. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm with you. I mean, do I want to go get a shot? Well, no, of course not. But the alternative is to continue doing what we've been doing for the last eighteen months, and I'm not in for that. I mean, we exactly. are. I mean, no. and, and and to be honest, if people like that want to hold everything back at a certain point, you know, they will be, you know, unable to do some things that a lot of other people are doing because. They've done what we as you know a community need to do to get back on. But again, don't want to get down all that road. We all know how yep. 
there's some <laughs> the uh, the inbox gets popping when uh, when you talk about that on either side. Bottom line yeah. is, it looks like we're going <laughs> the right direction. We had only 69 new cases today, a very nice number, uh, far lower than any of the numbers we've had. I believe it's the lowest since the 30th of April or something like that. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Football wise, Rod Peterson. Um, first off, what's the story with the riders? I mean, I know people are fired up to get the team back on. It seems like it's been forever since we saw Cody Fajardo bang that J five V off the uh, goalpost in the end zone. I mean, what's the feeling and how, listen, I'll ask, we'll talk about this with a number of teams, but you're closest to the riders. How different will this rider team look in 2021 than we last saw in that West final? Offense, not a lot different at all. Defense, quite a bit different. Charleston Hughes is gone. Cameron Judge are gone. Two really big names. And, you know, Cameron Judge is the reigning West Division most outstanding Canadian. Charleston Hughes is chasing a sack record. They're both with the Argos. But offensively, it's the usual suspects. Cody Fajardo, the quarterback. You know, that it's going to be touch wood. It's going to be Caleros versus Fajardo. Those two seem to be intertwined the last few years, and which is awesome because they're both great guys. Um, Shaq Evans, Jordan Williams, Lambert, some young guys that aren't household names yet, but will be young Canadian receivers, Braden, Lenius, Justin McGinnis. Um, the offensive line's the same. Dan Clark, Brennan Labatt, um, you know, Evan Johnson came over from Ottawa. Not, you know, William Powell in the backfield. That's the same offense for the most part. Well, Jason Moss is the offensive coordinator, by the way, let's not forget. Like, Andrew, you could sit and do two hours on the changes in the CFL. Who's well, ex- where <laughs> on the well, carousel, right? And what's interesting, Rod, is that we're hearing, and, and this was ex- this is not unexpected uh, because of the way payers are played, uh, paid with bonuses and whatnot. I mean, it was, I think you'd be an idiot not to expect a number of CFL players having the amount of time off where they were in their careers, having to transition to something else to start putting food on the table realize like having to make very difficult decisions right now as to geez do i leave this job that i've started now to come back for a 14 game season knowing that how quickly football can be over uh and we're seeing guys retire i think we'll see a number of guys not show up at training camps and you know that could make even more turnover more unexpected turnover rod for cfl teams before we get to august 5th I haven't seen the reasons yet. Derek Dennis, you probably heard this morning, isn't going to play for Edmonton this year. He said, I can't pay the bills. You heard the thing about Medlock. Uh, have the Bombers officially announced that Medlock's hanging it up? Uh, you know, I don't think there's been a foot. They basically said that he's not coming back. I mean, he's another one that, okay. um, okay. that, that, so that they're, the reason, they're yeah. not expecting him to, to essentially right. retire. Rough Riders had two on Monday, Chad Jeter and Braden Schramm. And it's, I had heard that leading up to training camp, more and more guys are going to retire. I don't necessarily know the reasons why, other than financial. So I guess we had a real debate about it on my show today. A lot of fans across the league were like, oh, whatever, next man up. I'm like, well, that's true. I guess we just got to get used to new players. You're going to have to get used to a new kicker in Winnipeg, right? Like Medlock's been amazing for you guys. At least, you know, at least he got his ring, Andrew. Um but it's, it's just a tough part of the business. I talked to Lapo the other day. He was on my show. And Craig Dickinson got a lot of heat last week when he said, if vets show up and they're not in shape, they're going to be cut. Didn't go over well. <laughs> and I put it to, to Lapo, and he's like, what are, you, what are we supposed to say? The best guys are going to make the team, right? It's, just, it's the harsh reality of the business that, Andrew, we've basically forgotten over the last year and a half. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no more performance-based business than professional football. And I mean, 
it's probably just a reminder to guys like, hey, this is, you know, there's no preseason this year. We're going to come in. We're going to get at it. And that first game is for a game check that counts in the standings for, you know, which is what we came to here to do here. Now, listen, I guess there's always some people that, you know, that don't understand the way that business works, um, but it is the way it is. It's ultra competitive. And, uh, you know, I can't see that changing ever. Um, the fact of the matter no. is, 20, 30 years ago, maybe the vets could have shown up with a bit of a beer belly and worked themselves into shape, and not just in football, hockey as well, with the level of the athletes right now. And my God, if I'm a vet, I'm making damn sure I'm coming in good shape because you've got two years of NCAA talent coming out, looking for a place to play, young, in shape, training in a different way, that are looking to take jobs, and they'll be cheaper too coming out of it. So, uh, that's what I was... Yeah. You better you better be you better be ready to maintain to to compete right from day one because um that's the story of football training camp. There's always someone younger, faster, maybe even a little bit better, just less experience coming for your job. Yeah, I guess it's just been accelerated. I hope the football's not sloppy, and you know, I I think they are going to kick off August fifth as promised. Somebody said to me the refs haven't done a game in two years, so how do you think they're going to be? I'd like to think that we have patience, you know, but that will only last until they kick off, right? I'll tell you what, the fact we've been through this long enough, I'll handle the ref, you suck chance, and I'm sure the refs will too. They will probably can't wait to get booed by fans after a bad call because that'll mean that they're back and we're hopefully getting a little bit back to normal. Is there a team, Rod? I mean, you know, we've seen what the, the bookies have put up for the odds. I mean, you're basically looking at last 2019 standings, Hamilton and Winnipeg at the top, and you got some of the West teams, Ottawa with the new head coach and all the turnover at the bottom. But is there any? Is there one team that sort of intrigues you, like outside of the Bombers and Riders, that maybe not a lot of people are talking about, but you think um, might be better than people are expecting at this early point? Oddly enough, East Division teams. I mean, obviously Hamilton. Uh, they are furious still from what happened in the 2019 Grey Cup. They have not forgotten, Andrew. They didn't lose any free agents for the most part, right? Speedy B's back. Simone Lawrence is back. They got their quarterbacks back, Jeremiah Masoli and uh, Dane Evans. Like, they're going to be good, and they're hungry. And they were 15-3, and three, right? They, haven't for- they got run out of the stadium in the Grey Cup, like you remember. So they're hungry. And then the other one is, uh, honestly, Toronto. I had Toronto picked... Fourth, like on New Year's Day, I did my rankings, and then they went and signed everybody, <laughs> and they made a trade and got Arbuckle, and they got McLeod Bethel Thompson back. I mentioned Charleston Hughes and uh, Cameron Judge. They signed Jawan Breskison. They've got Martavis Bryant up. You know the NFL cast off who's trying to rebuild his career. The Argos are the most intriguing team to me. They're probably going to be my second team, but Hamilton is the favorite because they're hungry and they're good. How's that? Yeah, you know, it makes sense. I mean, I think that Hamilton feels a lot like the Chiefs going into this season, a team that had the best record, uh, were expected to win, and got their asses kicked in the championship game and have a lot to make up for. And, I mean, listen, I, I have no doubt that the Chiefs will be that way, and I think the Hamilton Tiger Cats will come into game one. That's why I'm just so excited for the way the season's starting off. It's the only matchup between these teams all year long. It's the opening kickoff game. The entire country will be watching, and both teams will be very much motivated, especially the visitors, to come out with a win, albeit the one that they really want is the one in Hamilton later on this season. Uh, It's going to be awesome. Rod, I have to ask you before we go, um, have you... uh, 
I mean, back in your sports cage days, you always used to hit the road at some point and do some shows from a from a tropical locale. Um, at what yeah. point does Winnipeg Sports Talk and the RP show meet up in Vegas for a Ooh. week of shows where you guys go for two hours and we just pick up right after you? We're already talking about it. And uh, Jet, maybe when the Jets set. and Knights play next year. How about that? <laughs> We'd have blows on the strip. We'd be coming to blows. Um <laughs> But no, I think it'd be amazing. Hey, buddy, we're working on it. It's going to be Vegas. You see, they're getting an NLL team. They're getting an indoor football league team. Uh, they've opened. They're opening their doors to us in Vegas to come in down and do our show. So I would love to team up with you guys. My God, can you imagine? I love when you and I go on each other's shows. To the viewers, I think it's like when Tootie from Facts of Life went on different strokes back in the eighties. Right? It was just. It was <laughs> mind blowing. Great yeah, collab. Yeah, I love I'll it. It's I'll great. tell you what, I'd love we to be have... on the same team with you. Well, I, I'll tell you what, we should literally think about that as the one, like now that we get into and we've had such a great start and we're kind of going to get through these summer months and really look to gearing up for next season once we have schedules and whatnot. Um, the fact of the matter is we're going to have some freedom. A lot of stuff that we could have done, we had sponsors to do, but couldn't do because of people in offices on a floor above us. Uh, oh, that's not really the way we want to do things. Well, that those days are over and we're going to be back. So um, we'll definitely have some speaks about that going forward because it would be a hell of a lot of fun to get together with you guys. We've already planned a few things and we'll see what that hockey schedule looks like. And if we can make something like that happen, it would be really, really cool. Rod, um, listen, I think everyone is quite familiar with you. They're probably following you already at Rod Peterson on Twitter, but fill anyone in that hasn't seen the rod peterson show as to when how they can see you and uh, what else you guys have going on online on your social platforms oh thanks sandra i appreciate it just follow at rod peterson show it's a separate account from my own personal which is rod peterson we put all the best clips of the show on there uh we're live daily on youtube and facebook just like yourself and we're on uh, game plus television network which is national television all 10 provinces and 31 states bell mts cable carries it game plus tv network every day 11 a.m central so it's for yeah we're open for business as far as it goes with you guys let's well listen ben this has been fun i can't wait to have some more talks like this with you on both of our shows as we get closer to cfl season and in the meantime uh, enjoy your nights uh needing to win two more games and get to that cup final it should be a lot of fun uh Give my best to Darren Clark and the boys back in Regina, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, Rod. Thanks, Hus. Appreciate it. See you, Winnipeg. <laughs> Good stuff. There he is, Rod Peterson, with us today on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, lots of fun uh, with Rod, always. And, uh, man, I mean, he's such a beauty. And, and I love the fact that so many Winnipeg people have sort of come around on Rod because, uh, listen, you won't agree with all of his takes. I mean, I, I certainly don't, but... I love his honesty. I love his passion. And um, it's fun being friends with the enemy, as it were. Certainly, he was in green all those years. And uh, we still rep the blue and gold here in Winnipeg. Great to have Rod on the program. Make sure you check out his show. I'll often uh, put it on the tube as we get ready for uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk, doing some prep before the program. All right. Big shout out to Boston Pizza. Had a little convo with our friend Andrew from BP yesterday. Uh, we, like everyone in the restaurant industry, 
holding their breath, waiting for the news tomorrow from Dr. Rusin as to when uh, at least patios and hopefully some element of indoor dining can open and uh, maybe we can get back together and see each other at some point. Uh, I can tell you, we'll be ripping up some schooners and some pizza flights in a BP lounge ASAP with the Winnipeg Sports Talk crew when they get open. In the meantime, though, you can get the pizza flights, you can get those great game day meals and everything on their delicious menu by ordering takeout online at bostonpizza.com or by calling your local Boston Pizza anywhere in Manitoba, both delivery and for takeout. And, um, you know, in addition to uh, maybe somewhere south of the border, once we can do it, Aikens Lake in Manitoba, world-class fly-in fishing lodge. Uh, They've got some availability in July with all the Americans. They had to push back to August or September. So find out more at AikensLake.com or you can hit Pit Turan up on Twitter at Aikens Lake and find out more about this incredible fishing locale and uh, we can't wait to get out there hopefully in july as well and of course tonight we are back at assiniboia downs i was taken out yesterday with the vax hangover i gave the picks out i wasn't able to put them in so i have to double down on all my wagers tonight we will get to that coming up a little later on but if you want to bet with us hpibet.com is the site um, and the YouTube for Cinnaboy Downs is awesome. Kirk, Stretch, Marshall, break it all down at 645 every night before live racing as well as in between races. So um, do you like me? And Remus is the man. I mean, he's glued to this on ASD Live throughout the evening, following the races and getting some tips from the guys. But we have picks. I've got a pick for every single race tonight uh, because of what happened yesterday, one to seven. We'll get to those coming up in a little bit. But right now, We'll get to cool bet lines. We've got some other stories to talk about. Let's get Remus back in here on the program. Remo, um, great stuff with Dave Pagnotta. Always really enjoy the guys from the fourth period coming on. And I'll tell you what, Rod, uh, a beauty. The first time we have had anybody come on the program with the camera outside their car, shades on, enjoying the beautiful weather outside. But uh, it was a great visit from Rod, as it always is on the show. Yeah, someone said he looked like he was going through a drive-thru. Maybe a DQ drive-thru. Uh, I know they have those. Uh, opening, Ordering a couple blizzards or uh, the burger, which is very good. So uh, I got to start looking at doing outside hits and uh, in my car, too. That was an awesome look. Maybe he had the phone. I, I was actually wondering, did he have a phone like on a tripod with someone holding it? Uh, I think it, ha- I think it must have been a clip on his mirror. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a nice setup. So uh, very cool. Anyways, he sounded good. It was great to talk to Rod, and uh, we'll mm-hmm. definitely have more CFL conversations with him as we get forward. Now, what uh, what did you think about my little idea about uh, a, a WST excursion down to Vegas, maybe in conjunction with those yokels, and uh, we can go back-to-back with shows for uh, for a week or a weekend down in Sin City? Yeah, if we can... Do you think uh, you could survive that? Um, No, but I mean, it doesn't mean... <laughs> Doesn't mean that I wouldn't be interested. I, I'm listening. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. So uh, something to to uh, see. I love to go. You know, I've actually never uh, been to a road Jets game. So if that is something what? that we could arrange, never been to a road Jets game. I've been to wow. uh, my, uh, more than enough home games, but I've just never uh you know never gone on a trip well, to see you know them, what so. i was it's funny i was gonna respond to one of your texts from last night or actually i had written out half of it last night and i think i fell asleep again or something so i never sent this so i've never even said this to you but part of the reason i brought that up with rod is that i'm now getting very excited for september and 
you know, the CFL will be going on. We are going to have the Labor Day Classic. We'll have the Banjo Bowl here. NFL is going to be starting. And of course, the National Hockey League will be back. And um, for those of us, as far as I can tell, that have our shots, we should be able to travel. And um, that may mean some opportunities for us to kick it back to the H&L days and put together maybe a few Winnipeg sports talk tours. We have done it in the past. It was incredibly fun when we did it with the bus. Um, there'll be a little bit more if we're involving flying, but um, how cool would that be, Reem, if we did you know, maybe a trip or two each year, and if people wanted to come on and join us, uh, get the entire crew for a bit of a, uh, a wrecking crew, if you will, down to somewhere like Vegas to potentially see the Jets, maybe a Vikings game, maybe Chiefs, something like that. I really think that there'll be a lot of people after what we've been through for the last 18 months will be looking for some great opportunities to leave the city, do a little bit of traveling, take in some sports, which they haven't done. And uh, if we could do it as a group and get some good deals for everyone, that would be something I'd be very interested in putting some time into arranging. Yeah, people are looking to go on vacations. I haven't been anywhere um, in like a year and a half now. So, um, you know, my trip last year got canceled. I haven't done anything since. So, um, yeah, and I think one thing for sure in this new format uh, you really get a sense of community with everyone in chat. You know, see a lot of the same names every day, people on, on social media. So I, this is just the beginning, and uh, we do appreciate everyone who's uh, hopping on for the ride here. Well, I mean, we've done, I mean, I, I you know, back from the, the Pemina days, we did do a couple trips where I was lucky enough to host. We did one with the Pint, uh, which was incredible. Um, you know, when we had three winners that came out, we took them to Vegas and to the Arizona game. So something like that would be fun. And the good thing is we actually know some good contacts down in Vegas. So I think we'll be able to work out something pretty cool for everybody. So we'll see how that works out. Plan to do it. And who knows, maybe even something for the CFL games. But we'll 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 cool the Jets a little bit until we have some more clarity about ability to travel, where and when the games will be, any travel regulations. But things are going to change quickly, and it would be great to put something together. So let us know if you want to make sure you get information on that sort of stuff. Be cool to get the game together somewhere other than Winnipeg as we get travel restrictions open. All right. Um, a couple of things I wanted to get to right now before we get into the lines. Um, I know I saw, I think it was Andrew that was mentioning this in the uh, in the chat earlier. Um, I know we've talked about Tyler Mislachuk. We had dad, uh, Fred Mislachuk, the father of Tyler, in with us. And we talked about his big gold medal in Mexico. He's representing Canada at the Tokyo Olympics. And I, I think is going to have a real good chance to get on that podium. Um, we got some more great news yesterday from the swimming pool, Reem. And Kelsey Wog, who has been just, um, I mean, an absolute superstar for the U of M Bison swimming program under Vlast Journey, qualified yesterday in the 200-meter individual medley. She had already qualified in the 100-meter breaststroke, so she is in already on the Olympic team for two teams. I heard her dad talking to Kelly Moore yesterday, and um, she's already got the Canada Olympic uniform and is all fired up. And the great thing about this for Kelsey is she's in two events. She still has to race in the 200-meter breaststroke, which is, by all accounts, her best race and we all know in swimming, you know, you do have some that you're better than others, but um, what a great opportunity for the Bison product to go out and represent Canada at the Tokyo Olympics, uh, along with our friend Tyler Mislachuk. Yes, us. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. You know, we've had uh, swimmers before from Winnipeg, Chantal Van Langdam in the previous Olympics. So uh, it's coming fast. And I know there's some new sports this year. 
Um, so I'll have to uh, do a little primer on, on what's in this. But I know a lot of uh, track and field doing Olympic trials. Uh, my wife is very heavily invested in uh, gymnastics. So I know that is coming up as well. So uh, it's coming soon, and we'll be definitely be following that. Uh, well, next and I month. see, and I see Andrew Haleko. Andrew, thanks for giving us a little update. Uh, first in the two hundred breaststroke prelims this morning, and will swim in the finals at four thirty today. As I mentioned, this is her best race, so very likely that Kelsey Wog is going to be in not one, not two, but three events in the pool in Tokyo, along with our guy Tyler Mislachuk looking to get onto the podium and win a medal for Canada in the triathlon. So great stuff for that. Um, and a couple bits from the Bombers. Um, older fans will remember from those great 80s teams, Daryl Patterson on the Bombers. Well, Daryl Patterson is back with the blue and gold. He's has about a 30-year history coaching within college football. He's joined the Bombers as their defensive line coach. We saw some great tweets from Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson welcoming Daryl Patterson. Pretty cool to have an old player uh, coming back to the club. And then the other news yesterday that kind of caught me off guard, Reem, you know I'm a big long snapper guy, Chad Rempel. No longer a member of the Blue Bombers. He has signed with the Edmonton Elks. Just about said the wrong name, but no, it's the Elks. And uh, which means that the Bombers need a new long snapper. I guess maybe that combination with Justin Medlock leaving, it wasn't important to maybe spend bigger money on a veteran long snapper. So Mike Benson is the new long snapper and the Bombers will also have a new kicker and I got to tell you, that was one thing that was so rock solid over the last few years. There'll be a lot of pressure on a new kicker and even Benson doing the long snapping after the consistency that the Bombers had with Rempel and with Medlock over the last number of seasons. Yeah, and uh, Justin Medlock, man, over the last couple of years, I mean, that guy, if he comes back getting 100% getting a, a tribute video, he was money. Kicking was, before he came, it was a major problem. Uh, for the Bombers. They couldn't quite find the guy. I mean, Liramai Hyralahu, he was solid, but he was in Medlock. I mean, he's been the most accurate kicker for the last couple seasons. They signed him to big money, and he was definitely worth it. So uh, the new kicker, rookie, Canadian, uh, going to have some big shoes to fill. It's going to be going to be tough, and I wonder, you know, if it's going to change the way the offense looks because, if, you know, if they had a long field goal, they would go for it because it was basically like free points. So. I think that's something to watch, um, you know, once the season gets underway. You look, are, uh, you lo- are you looking at the uh, Senate reading there, Hus? Is that what you're following? Bill C-218? <laughs> I'm, I was I'm, just I'm, about to pull it up. Uh, I, I don't know if we've, ever, if we've ever streamed like a Senate reading on this show, but uh, it's no, open. I'm a it, big yeah. CPAC guy, big CPAC guy. Yeah. Whenever I have, <laughs> you know, just, you know, not going on. Me and GFL, we'll crank out, see what's happening in the Senate. Yes, the bill for the single game wagering is being voted finally on today. So, yeah, see if you can get any information on that. I will say in the meantime, we got a couple big, big matches in the third game in the group stage of the Euro. Uh, we're 25 minutes in. Croatia with those beautiful, I love the Croatian jerseys, maybe my favorites with the checkerboards on them. Uh, the Croats are up one nothing on Scotland. And in the other game right now, we've got England after, you know, sort of a 
disappointing start, certainly with the tie against the Scots. Uh, but they've got a one nothing win on uh, lead on the Czechs right now. Uh, the Czechs just need a tie to win the group. So um, just a big, big match. Should be a great second half to watch when we're done today on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, we mentioned the Bombers. The other thing that we'll get to, and we'll certainly do something on this coming up in the next few days, Reem, kind of quietly... The Canadian Premier League has arrived in Winnipeg. The bubble is filling up. All the teams are here right now. Practices, I believe, begin today at the Waverly Soccer Complex and the Bison Facility out there. And believe it or not, the CPL season will begin at IGF, IG Field without fans, albeit. But coming up on the weekend, we'll get to see Valor FC play. And um, it is great to see for this league that you know did the Island Games last year to be able to have a, a future going forward and to have all these teams come in here, including that Atletico Madrid, the uh, the newer team going forward. But I'm pumped for Rob Gale. I'm pumped for Valor FC, but all of those players that, you know, have just been working so hard to get back on the field. And um, who knows, depending on what we hear from Dr. Roos, and maybe even before the Bombers play on the 5th of August, we might have a chance to get out and uh, see some of the CPL action at IG Field. And, I'll tell you what, I don't even care. It could be Cavalry FC against the HFX Wanderers. Um, anything to get into one of these stadiums, have a couple cold ones, and just enjoy sports uh, because it's been so long. I agree, Hessler. Uh, I would go. I, I didn't get a chance to go during their first season, so uh, something to do, you know, be outside. Um, uh, hey, we'll wait and see what these new rules are uh, tomorrow, but uh, that is something that I would be Excited about it as well. The opportunity to walk around and see some, uh, you know, top Canadian Premier League soccer. There you go. Oh, you know what? Schickster. What up, Schickster? Haas, got to play Le Barrier Park Disc Golf Course. Best of the Winnipeg courses. It's funny you say that, Schickster, because I have been, you know, just Googling, looking around. We did Happy Land. Might get another run in there later on today. I did see that there's also one uh, in and around Harborview course. I think it's called Kilcona. Maybe, I don't know if you played there, but drop that in the chat if you played it beforehand. Uh, but man, I had just so much fun doing that. Shout out to the Royal guys. Uh, uh, very simple. Actually, I did an Instagram post for the first time in a while. Uh, if you're not already, follow me. Follow us at Sports Talk WPG, but you can also follow me at Hustle Ram. I'm a little more prolific on Twitter, I would say, uh, but certainly do like to throw more fun stuff, maybe not sports-related stuff on my Instagram account. Um, so we did do a, a little video of me clanging some chains with a sweet shot. And uh, of course the gang that we had coming out, uh, a lot of feedback on the tweet last night, yesterday, Reem. And, you know, I said, I just got my second shot, but I mean, are we not already sick of vaccine selfies? Like, yeah, I got my second shot. I mean, I've seen that same pose 500 times. So I, instead of posting a vaccine selfie, post a uh, picture of the disc golf gang, including Steinbach's second manliest man, Kitsch Lishka from the weekend. Um, got a lot of likes, got a lot of good feedback. I'm just working though, and maybe you can help me. Will my vaccine still work if I didn't actually post a selfie at the vaccine spot right after I got it? Uh, because I, I, I mean, I will do it if I need to make, if that's something that, you know, you need to do to make the actual thing work. But um, I didn't go that route. I went with the disc golf pick. Yeah, I uh, I took the selfie. I didn't post it anywhere. But if you don't post it, it doesn't mean the selfie happened. Does I it don't. still work? Yeah, like does it? Said, I'm not is the sure. vaccine good? I said it to Ezra Ginsburg, who was from the Real Curve, was tweeting about his vaccine. I was like, man, if you don't post that picture, it's not going to kick in. You're not going to get the uh, residual effects from it. So, uh, 
Just a couple of uh, jokes here, lest anyone think we're, uh, being, we're being serious. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure it works and no matter what. Hopefully but, no uh, one's out here listening saying, oh, crap, I didn't post uh, my selfie. <laughs> do I need another vaccine then? Yeah, do no. I need another one? <laughs> uh, oh, Gitch is here right now. Sean Lishka, he's fired up. I'm going to check out the barrier this weekend to practice for the tournament. Yes, even though we only played a couple times, there's a tournament in a couple weeks. You get discs and everything. Uh, you know, I'll find out more information if people are interested in getting it. I'll uh, uh, get, maybe we'll even get the guy putting it on at some point before the 3rd of July. We will see on all that. But um, yeah, big disc golf guy. If you're looking for discs, pop by Royal Sports, get hooked up and uh, just walk on and have some fun. Um, okay, Remo, we do have a lot of horse racing to get to for yeah. tonight's races. But first, let's get to the cool bet lines for tonight. Of course, we've got Game 5 between Les Canadiens and the Golden Knights. The Montreal Canadiens, big underdogs, plus 187 tonight. Vegas, minus 213 on the money line. And the series price right now, Montreal, plus 245, more than two times your money. Vegas laying a big number, minus 294 to win the series with two games at home. Still waiting on lines for game six between the Islanders and Tampa. We'll have those for you tomorrow, as well as presumably an updated series line. I have told, and I was mentioning this earlier, I'm very interested to see what the Islanders number is. I'm sure it's it's huge um, because to win this series, the Islanders are going to have to win two in a row against Tampa. And it was interesting hearing last night, the Lightning have not lost two games in a row in the playoffs since they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2019. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. And Braden Point has got this crazy uh, goal-scoring streak in the playoffs that's up there with some legendary names, you know, passing uh, Mario Lemieux and Joe Sackick. Uh, incredible, you know, Nikita Kucherov uh, hasn't missed a beat since coming back from injury. Uh, what a team. So... Uh, they're going well, sir. I, if you were watching, I was watching the uh, the Senate here. They are about to uh, hopefully legalize, you know, single game sports betting in Canada. It could be a monumental moment that uh, I I had on the screen there. Well, and you know what? We'll hopefully get maybe Paul Burns on the horn yeah. um, from the Canadian Gaming uh, Society. I can't believe I've talked to him a couple times beforehand. Uh, obviously, as a supporter of this, and uh, oh, it'll be great to see where it goes and what kind of that means for the average pro-line player or, uh, or better here in, in Canada. In the meantime, though, we've got a great partner, coolbet.com. Use promo code WST. If you've never played there before, you get a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And one, to, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, Reem. I was mad that I didn't get in. I didn't realize the Suns-Clippers series was already starting. Uh, it's one game in. Phoenix is up one nothing. You know what you know what bet I'm going to talk about right now. You you know what it's not about game 2. It's about, about Suns in 4. Plus 485 right now at coolbet.com. No Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers. Um this I I I I see no possibility that Suns in 4 guy doesn't get to stretch this out into the finals. Uh, so I'm with Suns in four plus four eighty five right now. You throw twenty on that, they'll pay a hundred and seventeen. Uh, and you can actually bet it two different ways. If you want to just put series to be decided in game four, it's the same thing as the exact score after game four, home four zero. So if you're like me and believe in Suns in four guy and the Suns over the beat up Clippers, 
you can jump on that at coolbet.com. We'll fire out a tweet a little later on along with the link. Uh, but again, you can just go to coolbet.com, put in WST if you need the promo code, if you're getting on it um, for, oh. for the first time. Here, this is uh, historic history right here. Act to amend the criminal code for sports betting. Looks like a lot of check marks. I don't know. I'm not following. That seems good. I, I assume that's a yes. Can you that's read that closely, what it says? It says act to, yeah. Here, let me, should I make this full screen? I think, uh, yeah, can yeah. I do let's that get some here? full screen action right now, folks. This is a first. We are going live to CPAC. Oh, Patterson, were they calling me? I can't, uh, let me see if I can zoom in on this thing. Here, it's all checks. Go. We're not seeing any nose right now. So yeah. this is, this is excellent. This is excellent. I can't hear any audio. I don't know if I have I it can. or there. You can? Okay, I cannot. Oh, I don't think I have it. Senator Mercer. Here, one sec. Okay, listen, there's a lot of checks right now. I think this is a very, very good sign. (laughs) By the way, can you hear this audio in the chat, folks? Oh, no, I didn't have it on here. Here, I can have it on now. So it's just getting into me. No, no, no. Well, yet the one thing that we can bet on right now, legally online, is horse Donald racing. Senator we'll Marwa. get to that in a minute. But I will tell you, that's quite, um, that's awesome to hear. Yes, Jeff's Kabilis, a big check in the chat for what we're seeing right now from the Senate. I just like to personally commend the senators for waking up long enough to show up and actually vote on something. Because the last time this thing got approved and went to the Senate, they never voted on the damn thing. So it's about time. Uh, credit to whoever brought this up. All parties seem to be supporting it, and that's why we're seeing check after check after check. So that'll be a big topic we'll discuss in the next uh, in the next little bit. We maybe touch that off because I'm still getting all the audio in my headset. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry. As, as we get as we get going uh, to it. So um, for the meantime, the dream for this, and man, this would be so great. Like I have no idea how this is going to be rolled out. Whether the provincial lottery retailers will essentially have odds, and much like you go in and do a pro line, you'll just be able to go pick up a ticket at a 7-Eleven, or whether it'll be specifically for places like casinos, um, potentially the racetrack. Uh, I'd imagine that there will be an online component to it because of how much online gaming there is so far. But either way, competition at the end of the day is great. If you're a sports better already and you're working uh, like we do, playing at CoolBet or any of the other sites, the competition and the opening of the market, I think, is just going to be great for players. And um, certainly it'll be great for the people that have been forced into playing these parlays when they just wanted to bet a game for the last number of years, is that's kind of how it's worked in Canada. So uh, it looks like this is going to be this it's is all, gonna be it's done all check and, marks. Uh, go forward. All check marks. So uh, yeah. that is great, great I, news. The one thing um, for us here on Winnipeg Sports. The one thing I'm excited for is um opening of i don't know how it's going to work you know if there's going to be a sports book at the casino yeah or a sports book at the downs or you know uh shark club downtown are they going to turn part of that into a sports book i mean you can have betting although you can just do it on the phone now i'm so intimidated us going up to the window and using the terminology uh if i can just do it on my phone uh that's way better for me it is, but uh, we'll, there's we'll something there's something so cool and so fun about going in, throwing your 20 on a game, watching it in the book with a bunch of your buddies, yeah. everyone's a some action, and you win it, you go in, here's my ticket, and they're paying you the dollar bills right in hand. So um, anyways, I, I, I'm fired up about this. This is great. And listen, if there's anyone from the government of Manitoba that's watching the show right now when you should be working, 
It's great to have you here. Uh, if you're looking for maybe a great partner to brand a sports book, um, Winnipeg Sports Talk is here for you. Maybe WST Sportsbook at the McPhillips Casino or something like that. I can live with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, just throwing out some ideas right now. So today we're opening a sports book and starting a travel company once things yeah. get open. We're really taking over. Uh, we'll worry about getting some guests for tomorrow's show and continuing the uh, the programs going out for the rest of the week. But lots of fun, exciting ideas here with us on the program. All right, coolbet.com. We'll hit those a little bit later on. All right, Reem. Um, now I already copped to it. I did go through. I know I had the uh, the Quinella in race number five. Again, I did not bet it. Uh, we both had the same triactor. I checked that one didn't win. It didn't five win. Five didn't win. So again, I guess in some ways the Vax hangover maybe was a bit of a help to me that I didn't get a few losing bets in. So I am running the table, my stack from yesterday and today, all on today's races. But before we do that, why don't you fill us in on uh, where you're dropping your 20 spot tonight? Sure. And there was a horse yesterday that I was joking about. Uh, I forget what it was. Something Gooch? Uh, something Gooch. Anyways, uh, he won. And I, I didn't have him to win. I had him to finish second in my exacta. That's finishing 1-2. So I was like, no, I was talking about him on the show yesterday, if anyone tuned in. That's why I'm a Quinella guy. Yeah, I should have. I should have. Well, I'm going back to the exact as today. Um, Let me pick my order. So race five, here I'm on HPI Bet, hpibet.com. I know some people are asking me what site we do this on. And race race five, I have an exacta, horse six, and then horse seven. That is Storm Squall and Crimson Bow to finish one-two. I have $10 on that. And uh, that is, I'm going with the exactas over the Quinella. I'm trying to hit big here. That's what I want. And we will see race six. I'm not doing any of the early races, just later races tonight. Uh, Race six, I have $5 on McCaig to win. And I think I have bet on this horse before to win. And he did. And I'm going back to McCaig. McCaig, Definitely. And the other race, race seven. Uh, horse five, call the cops. I have him to show. Uh, that's third place. So call the cops to show on five bucks. Those are my bets. Well, we could definitely, we could definitely, uh, both win with a couple of these picks because I've got some different wagers, but involving some of your horses. Here we go. Race number one. I got to put 40 down tonight because I slept through getting my 20 in last night. So here we go. $4 on number three, Tia Time, to win in number one. Four bucks. We then move on to race number two. I'm going with a lot of Quinellas today. One, three, Quinella, five bucks. Race number three, a three, six, Quinella, for five dollars. Race number four, I'm making two bets. Race number four, let me just make sure I've got this right. I'm putting five bucks on number four. Know what I mean to win with Stanley Chitty Jr. on uh, to win. And then I'm also taking know what I mean with gold digging darling on a $5 Quinella. Uh, number f- race five is going to be the one where I do the $6 triactor wheel with the $1 three ways. Horse one. Horse five and horse six, I believe that is Indy Front, Secret Agent Gal, and Storm Squall. Storm Squall is a big favorite, I think, for this one. 
Um, so we'll get $1 each way for a Quinella. That's six bucks. And then race number six, I've got number one and number four, which is Percibility and McCaig. That's the one you were talking about, Reem. Mm-hmm. They can yep. uh, raise five bucks on that one. And then the final race, I'm going with a little bit more of a long shot. Sometimes we have some of the, the you know, the big horses in the middle. There's a couple of short horse odds at six and seven, but I'm going with four and five. Pucker and call the cops. So yeah, you can win your call the cops bet to show. We'll get Pucker to win and we'll both win. So there you go. Going heavy today because I missed yesterday and I cannot wait. 645. The guys will run down all of their picks and suggestions on ASD Live. 720 is the parade to post. First race gets going around 735. And as always, you can bet on the races and races around the world right there at hpibet.com. And then coming up um, on the weekend when we don't have live racing, really Thursday through Sunday, uh, if you like, you can bet and watch races from around the world as well. And uh, I can tell you, Michael Remus is the biggest horse racing guy. I know maybe other than Kirk Stretch and Marshall who are making those picks, uh, but you basically need a bit of a bounce back tonight, Reem, and I need a big night. I'm hoping that what happened yesterday turns into huge car for, for me as I had a bigger stack to throw on a date that everything falls my way. Yeah, I, I love horse racing now, so it's my dream to be Kirk Stretcher Marshall um, <laughs> uh, giving their picks. Although I do want to make a disclaimer, this is not investment advice. This is not investment advice. So No, definitely just- not, but it's very fun. Yeah, and And as I said, I have no idea. I mean, I've not talked to Darren. I'm just sort of speculating here that, <clears throat> I mean, I know they did. They planned that they wouldn't have live racing uh, with fans at the live racing this year, but there's still plenty of time in the season. Um, you know, beautiful, large outdoor space there. Um, I would think that there's the potential that we might be able to get fans out at the track. And if that is the case, we will definitely do something on a, probably a Tuesday night or something like that. Get people mm-hmm. out, maybe have a little something to eat and um, have some fun getting together. Um, I'm very, very much looking forward to doing some Winnipeg sports talk events with everyone once we're able to uh, able to get going. So there you have it. There are the picks. Um, what, do you have a few, do you have a pick for this game tonight? Yeah, any thought that Montreal might be able to go in and get a W and uh, get this thing back to Montreal with the chance to win it on uh, Jean Baptiste Day? Uh, who's starting in goal? I won't be able to bet until I start in goal. They should have to say us uh, well, for those of us let, who want a wager. We need to know guess. this information. Although I don't think it makes a difference. I think I'm still rolling with Vegas. I think they bounce back. I think that win was was absolutely huge for them. They're going to be playing against the raucous crowd. Uh, I'm in for Vegas. Uh, I see Drew Mandel. Um, he maybe he was watching Winnipeg Sports Talk, or like many DGens, was watching CPAC. Uh, yeah. As of moments ago, Bill C two eighteen pertaining to single event wagering has been passed in Canada Senate, and upon re- receiving royal assent in the coming days, will become law. A monumental day for degenerates from coast to coast to coast in this country. Well done, yeah. Get the horn on. Yeah, it needs to be rocked. It's legal. All right. Well, that's a great way to finish off today's program. Um, I I do have one note I I, want to get to before we finish. Uh, Let's let's go. Ben Zobrist? Not Ben Zobrist. Oh, I just thought I retweeted this. Oh, no, I just replied it. So Tom Gazzola, we've had on this program, he said, for Jersey geeks like me, here, I'll bring up the tweet here. For Jersey geeks like me, Expect the Oilers to make the Navy uniform the team's primary uh, home look, 
while sprinkling in some games using the orange. Uh, the orange. A return to royal blue could come after perhaps the modern. I haven't heard anything. These Oilers jerseys. Okay, this is if you don't know what we're talking about, these are them. These blue jerseys are the worst jerseys. They're an abomination. They should not be worn. This orange, you need sunglasses to look at. What are they doing? I don't uh, even know which one is worse, to be honest with you. Like, as these, bad as the orange ones, I think the navy ones are worse. The or- Okay, they changed the orange to, like, this bright orange. Looks like you're a uh, patrol at an elementary school. Like, they were so bright. And then these blue Bad ones, defensemen. Bad yeah. defensemen literally look like pylons. In you those carry jerseys. the numbers. You have the most perfect jerseys <laughs> right here, ever. Historic jerseys. Why aren't you using these? What is going, what is the business decision into doing this to like deprive fans of the best looking jerseys so then they can announce them next year? Hey, they're coming back and then everyone will come buy them. Just give them the best jerseys. Come on. I, I was talking, to, uh, we did the lock shop earlier with Dusty and he just got back and we were talking about it. I mean, he's of the same opinion. I mean, I, I just don't understand how everyone in that organization doesn't look at those and go, man, we whiffed. What are we doing? Going back to it again. Like, you know, maybe they need to sell more. Hell, they should have five different types of jerseys. When you got a McDavid and you got a dry settle on your club, I mean, those are two of the most marketable and sellable players when it comes to jerseys. Give them a few options, but give them some good ones. Uh, Because, as I said, honestly, that navy and orange Oilers home jersey is bottom five in the league. I mean, it's right there with the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, uh, it's stunning because we have seen some great jerseys. Shit, they'd be better off going back to the Spawn jersey from 2000-2001. Remember that with the oil drop inside the uh, the machine? Those are better than that one. I love that um, that's 2000, the 2002 uh, Spawn jersey. I'll bring it up. This is NHLuniforms.com. If you don't know about it, it is the best site on the internet. But like, why are they changing the logo to go all orange instead of the classic? It looks terrible. It looks terrible. The number, the single, you know, color number is terrible, and I agree with you, Wes. You have the two best players. You can sell out of jerseys. Like, what What are they doing? And uh, this is the jersey. Let me bring it up. 2002. Oh, yeah, here it is. This, this jersey is sick. I love this jersey. The numbers are awesome. The oil drop is awesome. I'm here for, I'm here for that jersey. I was, I, I, when the year I worked for the Oilers was when they brought those out, and I was pretty yeah. into them. I was pretty in. So, I, I mean, loved uh, it. The Oilers stuff that I have from my time with Edmonton, uh, probably more of the stuff is that the spawn jersey as opposed mm. to the regular ones. I like, but even even the, even those ones that they're wearing like above that one are better than the ones they have right now. Even though I'm not really down with the three stripes as much, I would prefer that than just the navy with the orange logo. The yeah, the this is like the uh, who Mike Comrie, Anson Carter era, Todd Marchant, Doug Waite. I love this era of the Oilers jerseys. I don't know why they went back to these. So this is a big law. Like who I love to know like why they decided this to put out the worst jersey. And I agree with you. It's bottom it's bottom five in the league. Anaheim Anaheim is down down there. Here we can bring them up. We can do a quick. I feel like Anaheim has the worst jerseys in these the are league. The worst. Like the colors stink. Yeah, like right there. I mean, pick your poison. I think the home ones might even be worse than the roads, and that says a lot. They're uh, all, but they're all terrible. poison. They're all terrible. But the Oilers Navy Orange is right there in that category mm-hmm. with those uh, with the Ducks jerseys. The Sens used to have the worst, but they once they switched back to the 90s jerseys. Now they're like one of the best, the Sens. I love their jerseys. 
These are awesome. Yeah, their their uh, their reverse retro was terrible. Oh, I like this jersey. You don't like this the one? Red one? No, I was with Dennis. You couldn't read any of the numbers or anything like that. It was, um, you know. But I, I will tell you this. I was in Royal Sports on the weekend getting my discs to go out to do the disc golfing. And I went through, uh, you know, it's impossible not to check out everything else that they have in that place. And I have to tell you, man, the the Jets reverse retros that I know, like everything that's new, gets crapped on. And then people sort of give it a chance and see them. They are so sweet in person. And when you see them with the numbers and the and the the, the name bars put on, um I, I I now officially love that jersey. And I don't care that there's no red in it. I think that it's one of the best ones. And I hope that the Jets actually maintain that one going forward. Because I do believe I was talking to someone in the organization. I think we may have seen the end of the aviator jersey ream. Um, so I think it's likely that, you know, next year we'll obviously have the homes and the roads. I think at some point the heritage Jersey will be used for particular dates. Uh, but I'm hoping that the, uh, that that reverse retro gets a little bit more because, you know, no fans have ever been able to actually be to a game and seen them in person. And, you know, I know early results online shocking weren't positive, but uh, I've totally come around on it. And once you see them in person or get your hands on one, uh, I think even major critics might give it a second chance. Yeah, the, I should show them on screen for this on YouTube. The aviators have been on, cle- on clearance for a while, so I kind of figured those were on the way out. And you can tell, you know, when they start you know, putting these jerseys on clearance. And the reverse retro, I didn't like them at first. They really uh, grew on me after. Same with the aviators. I, again, I didn't like them at first, but um, I, and I like them now. And hey, hey if you're... Yeah, you I'm go, just you go gonna first. say if you're with a, if you're with us live uh, here in YouTube, uh, give us your best jersey and worst jersey in the chat. Uh, and while you're doing it, hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed, yeah. do that too. We'd love to hear people's thoughts on the best and worst jerseys in the NHL right okay. now. Sorry, what were you gonna say, Reem? I just got an alert. Uh, NHL player safety just put out a. Let a me tweet, guess. We a got tweet, a fine. A we tweet about fine? Barzell. A tweet about Barzell. What? <laughs> My prediction: five K fine. Okay, you would be correct with a five K five for Barzell. You would be you would be correct. So, uh, I mean, trying to injure a guy, uh, cross checking a guy in the head, five K fine. The head, yeah. I uh, you know, a cleanly delivered body check uh, four game. So we're gonna be playing that game for a long time with the NHL player safety. So, um, well, I don't know. Whatever we talked about off the top here, I'll I'll throw up some of these chats from. From people who like the uh, jerseys. Yeah. Now, listen, I do have to have a, a story that involves professional athletes, the church, adultery, scandal. And this hurts for me to say because I'm a huge Ben Zobris guy. Zobris was added, joined the Royals in 2015, helped them win the World Series trophy. So I've always been a Ben Zobris guy, even if he was only with the Royals for a short period of time, but helped them get it done. Of course, did it with the Cubs as well. This is an unbelievable story. Ben Zobris is suing his pastor, Byron Yon, for having an affair with his wife, Juliana, and stealing money from him. Essentially, Ben Zobris took a leave of absence from the Cubs in 2019, after his wife Juliana was dealing with depression and anxiety and was advised to give her some space by their pastor, Byron Yon. 
He is currently suing the pastor, and the reason, while is pretty crazy, as per USA Today. Full great recap of this from the master, Robert Littell, at BSO Black Sports Online. But essentially, Zobris discovered after he took, a year after he took the leave of absence for the Cubs to be with his wife and help her, discovered that his wife was having an affair with the minister. The minister was also accused of defrauding Zobris's charity foundation for which he worked. Um, the pastor advised Zobris that, you know, his wife needed time away because of what she was dealing with. And during that time started a sexual um, uh, relationship with him. And Zobris lost $8 million in income during the time he left the club. Um, Jan himself provided the couple with marriage counseling in 2019 and counseled the 2016 World Series MVP on dealing with his anxiety and depression. Just an absolutely terrible story, both from Zobris's point of view, obviously terrible with the family, um, and then just some scumbag pastor preying on people with anxiety and depression problems, not to mention the whole stealing money from the charity thing. Um, that I tell you what, that one is teed up for Big Shot Bob over at BSO. It's got a little bit of everything, which makes for another one of his award-winning headlines on the site. I am so angry hearing you read that. Um, I hope Ben Zobras gets all his, to, you know, cheat on a guy, you know, to sleep with a guy's wife. That's one thing. But on top of that, cause him, tell the guy that, what, he should take time off work to be with his wife and then counsel them. I mean, just come come out and say you're boning the guy's wife, honestly. Like, (laughs) I don't understand. Then to steal money from the guy's charity. So I hope Ben Zobers gets his uh, six million. Yeah, all caps. All caps yeah. scumbag for uh, for this guy. That's too, uh, that's insane. That. At one, like, why not just come out and and say what you're doing? I yeah, mean, I don't, that's that's very sick. disappointing. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm, I'm angry after you told me that. I feel really bad for uh, Zobras. He was a great baseball player. Played like every position. <laughs> Tristan Rivers music. Winnipeg will never forget the four game suspension, especially now. Um, tacos or sandwiches, New Jersey reverse retro is the best of the retros. Ah, that's not too bad. Those are good. French dudes are like the Whalers jersey. The Flames rodeo clown jersey was the ugliest ever. Great. Uh, oh, those are good. from the past. Wayne Jones. Wait. Um, Mitch, Heritage Classic jersey, best ever. A lot of people will go with that. I think most. it's certainly the most popular version of the Winnipeg Jet jersey. I don't think there's any doubt on that. Um, Frosty Winnipeg, the Jets 80s jersey was a horrible copy of the 70s Rangers. Yes. Yes, Frosty. I'll be honest. I always hated that jersey. Like now, the way the Heritage jerseys are, those are beautiful. You go back, I mean, the the stripes down the side. I mean, essentially, it was a knockoff New York Rangers jersey. Um, And listen, I always thought it sucked. I was so pumped when they moved to the 90s jersey, which, of course, sort of coincided with the Chuck trade, brought Phil Housley in, you know, the big one-color numbers on the back. I, I love those. Um, the logo, eh. But the jersey itself with the stripe and not everything down the side I thought was much, much better. But I'll tell you what, they put it together masterfully. I mean, I, I don't know how you get much better. I'm with Mitch. I don't know how you get much better than the Heritage Classic jerseys, both the blues and the whites for the Jets. And that's part of the reason why I like um, I like the reverse retros. I believe the retros have the, the shoulder striping as well, which is mm-hmm. a little different, but um, it certainly looks a lot better than it did back in the 80s. But again, that was just my... Yeah, exactly. Ferguson brought that jersey from New York Rangers. That totally was. 
I would like to see something uh, done with the uh, 90s. I like that jersey. That's a jersey that I grew up with, the Jets 90s, you know, Solani, Kachuk. Well, it'll happen at some point, for sure. I, they're kind of just, like, holding that club in their bag till they need to get some additional revenue. Hey, we got a new jersey. Everyone uh, come buy it. And I think that's what the Oilers are doing with those uh, blues. But, like, why you wouldn't want to be like, okay, we have this. This is we're going back to why we started this conversation, jerseys. Because, like, why wouldn't you be like, hey, we have the best jersey in the league. Yeah, let's just not not wear it. We're not going to do that. <laughs> what what a, and we're gonna but to replace it with the worst jersey in the league is oh, it's insane. Mike Wynn, I know you're gonna agree with this, Reem. 88 LA Kings yes. white jersey. So good. You were I loving got, those Kings. I got the dark one here. I the Kings, every Kings jersey is good. So that is one team that has every jersey. Uh I don't care. I like the purple jersey from the uh you know, the mid 2000s. I hated, I hated them moving to the black and silver because it was just so odd. Like at, at that time, and you wouldn't remember this, but this is when NWA was blowing up and NWA was wearing the black and silver. They had the Raiders hats. And I mean, it was a huge thing. The Raiders were selling more merch than anybody anywhere. And firstly, for NWA, if they had really thought about it beforehand, they should have got their own black and silver hats made and not done you know an la team but they were repping their city so the kings thought you know what we just traded for gretzky let's uh let's shake things up so they adopted the black and silver went from the purple and gold which i thought was a truly regal jersey and that was actually what was so cool about their reverse retro this year reem is that they went to that black and white or black and silver king style with the crest but did it in purple and gold this season. And a lot of people really, really like that reverse retro. I'm trying to bring them up, um, but I, are they, oh, here they are, reverse retro. Yeah, these these are awesome. These these were one of the best ones. So I, di- I really did like these. We I could talk about jerseys uh, forever. This is, this yeah, is my wheels. But these were a win. Um, the Lakers colors with the, uh, you know, 90s style or late 80s Gretzky. All era. right. There's Braden Fleming. Yeah, Braden, you know it. Single game betting legalized. Um, going to be some big changes north of the border. We won't be dealing with um, some of the archaic rules that we've had in the past. But as we mentioned right now, uh, we're working with the most reliable, transparent book around in CoolBet. Um, so it's great that you know we've been kind of going forward. But it will be great to get some books open and uh, really see this business expand. And I think shows like ours will be big beneficiaries of that as well. Um, Remo, great stuff today. Uh, of course, we've got this game tonight. Tomorrow, we'll mm-hmm. be getting ready for game six between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we'll see if Suns and Four is still alive. We'll get into the other series, Milwaukee and the Atlanta Hawks getting going tomorrow. Uh, and probably talk some baseball as well. We've got some great games tonight. Chicken strips on the mound for the Blue Jays tonight going up against the Miami Marlins in a game that kind of opened as a pick You're looking at Blue Jays about plus 115 right now. So uh, certainly lots of sports on the hopper tonight. And uh, we'll continue talking Jets offseason, more on the Bombers going forward, and uh, all the other big stories that come up over the course of the uh, of the course of the next 24 hours before we go live. I um, can tell you we're getting into the second half of these Euro games. So uh, give you something to watch for those of us that are those of you that are with us live. Everyone that's listening on the podcast, thanks so much for 
making it all the way to the end for us. Uh, do us a favor, give us a five-star rating and maybe write a little review there at Apple Podcasts and spread the word about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Big thanks to all of our sponsors, Policy Meat, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug. It's going to be hot. I think this might get cracked right after the show. Uh, Breezy Bend, Golf and Country Club, Aikens Lake, Assiniboia Downs. Good luck with your bets tonight, everybody. And, of course, CoolBet.com. Anything else from you, Remo, on the way out? No, I'm ready to do a uh, wrap. I was going to mention for all the Twins fans, sucks that Bri- Byron Buxton uh, comes off the I.L., Gets back into a game, hit by pitch, broken hand. He's out again for like another month. A guy can't catch a break. Yeah, no, that is true. Oh, actually, you know what? One other thing I should mention for you Major League Baseball fans tonight. Take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays, the new phenom, the next phenom of Major League Baseball, Wander Franco, debuting tonight. Uh, did you did you pick him up in the fantasy baseball ream? Is he in uh, is he in oh, the lineup or what? He's he's been owned uh, for a while. We have got some keeners <laughs> like holding him since the draft, waiting for uh, waiting for today. So no, I I'm not in on him. And uh, Jacob Degrom, by the way, ERA now at zero point five zero after um, taking yeah. out the Braves last night. The season he's having right now, he has more RBIs as a pitcher than he has given up runs this year. Ridiculous. Yeah, and uh, people asking, what is uh, with that hat? I mean, I was literally just about to take it off. I thought we were wrapping up, but then I had to come back. So I'm wearing it wearing it like this now. This is how the cool kids are doing it. Remus, Remus has, like, sometimes he wears hats. Uh, you know, We'll do a whole show sometime on hat-wearing <laughs> styles. That'll be definitely a, a must-view on YouTube as opposed to the podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, this... <laughs> Uh, guys that wear their hats and you look at them and you have no idea what hat they're wearing because of the thing like that's a total fail what do you mean who cares you gotta don't you have ones with like stuff on the underbill that's the cool thing now that's what i'm rocking (laughs) hey everyone have a great night thanks for being with us uh stay cool we'll fire it up again tomorrow on winnipeg sports daily at 1 p.m thanks to all the sponsors and all of you for making us a part of your day we'll catch you tomorrow enjoy all the action tonight late oh my god shut it down let's go thanks for tuning in to winnipeg sports talk daily Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.